This episode is brought to you by Savvy. If you've been following me for a while, you'll know how much I love activewear and pretty much live in it. About five months ago, an opportunity came up for us to partner with this amazing athleisure wear brand. There's a few reasons why I love Savvy. One is the quality of the products. The fabrics are so soft and comfortable, but also supportive. And the styles are amazing because let's face it, who doesn't want to feel sexy as fuck in their workout gear? Secondly, I love the values of Savvy, which center on inclusion, empowerment, and care. Activewear is for everyone, regardless of size, shape, and style choice. And Savvy knows this. They have sizing from sizes extra small right up to 3XL. And the clothing designs are made on real women rather than on mannequins. And lastly, the opportunity to share and help others leverage this amazing opportunity. I get messages all the time from women who want to work with us in our business. And unfortunately, that's just not possible as much as I would love it to be. Savvy gives us this opportunity. Right now, it's only available in the USA, but they have big global expansion plans coming. If any of this sounds amazing to you and you'd love to learn more, I'd love to connect with you. So drop me a DM on Instagram or send me an email at kitty at newstrength.com.au. I've also added a link in the show notes so you can check out their amazing clothes as well as a $25 off discount code to use on your first purchase. We just had this conversation in my Facebook group about how fitness models that we used to idolize and do their workouts and look at their bodies and think that's that's what I want at you know no matter what the cost. All of them that I know of have come out and said that they're struggling with some crazy 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 internal issues and it's been really eye opening for a lot of my core students that I know just women in general to be like I mean if they can make the connection I don't know if everyone can make that connection but for those who can make that connection are going huh. Okay, maybe our external physique (laughs) has nothing to do with our inner health. And maybe we can't look like this and achieve optimal inner health. And for people that can make that connection, that's life-changing because you can stop looking at bodies as, you know, that being the standard. Welcome to the Win at Life podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can break free from restrictive diets and build a body and life you love. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and your host for this episode. Today, I'm sitting down with Fallon and Corey. They are both such beautiful and inspiring women who also preach the same message. In this episode, we discuss the unrealistic expectations the fitness industry sets around body weight and body fat restrictive dieting, and why it always leads to binge eating. Our experiences with disordered eating and dieting, as well as what led each of us to pro-metabolic eating. The unrealistic expectations some women set for themselves when it comes to body fat levels and weight goals. What are realistic and healthy body fat levels for a woman? The importance of having a support system throughout the healing process. How you can achieve healthy and sustainable fat loss. Why focusing on imperfect progress is so important versus trying to be perfect and much, much more. Once you've listened to this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and let me know what you liked most. And as always, take a screenshot and share your biggest takeaways on Instagram stories and tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-E-L-D so we can spread the word and free other women from restrictive diets. Hi, guys. Hi, Corey. Hi, Fallon. The gorgeous um, Corey and Fallon. I was just telling them that I think that they, I always watch their, or well, not like a stalker, I always watch their videos and think, 
I just sit there all day watching their videos. I'm like, <laughs> but whenever I see your reels or your photos and stuff, I think, oh, like I was saying to Fallon, she's just beautiful skin, really pretty. And Corey's like your Instagram feed is just always so beautifully, um, I don't know what the word is, curated. Or, like it just, your photos look so good. I'm like, oh, man, I need to just get better at my photos, eh? <laughs> like I'm such a just a... <laughs> throw stuff out there but you have just these beautiful photos of your son and like the beach and I'm like oh, mm. so nice that's so sweet yeah but I think you guys are great they um Fallon has these amazing pro-metabolic meal plans and Corey uh has a course just you know all around pro-metabolic eating and healing and sort of similar message similar message to us you know we're all preaching mm-hmm. the same message they've also just started their own podcast which is really um which is really cool, but I wanted to get them on the Win It Life podcast just to talk about weight gain, weight loss, body um, expectations and unrealistic expectations that the fitness industry sets because I think that we as coaches and Fallon come across the same thing with women all the time and I think the fitness industry has really set women up to have these unrealistic body image expectations about what they can actually achieve and sustain and what is what is healthy but maybe before we dive into that do you guys just want to really quickly like just give a brief your history and like where you were prior and how you found this way of eating and you know where you are now absolutely um I'll jump in I yeah prior to discovering the metabolism I was very much in the fitness industry I was studying sports performance and athletic performance, but I was also doing a little bit of bodybuilding and powerlifting. And, um, it was just so much, uh, you know, just kind of forcing my body through things. And I was totally in that mindset of just, you know, even though I was doing it and I thought a healthy way, it was, I was really focused on external results and how my body looked and how my body performed and, didn't have, um, an understanding of, of internal health at all. And so my journey kind of transformed through, uh, being diagnosed with endometriosis and then finding healing from that. And that kind of entered me into the world of number one, holistic healing and kind of taking a holistic whole body approach to health for the first time. Um, but then it was over the next couple of years. I mean, it took a while for me to fully grasp, you know, what Dr. Ray Pete was saying and, kind of accepting that, you know, I could drink orange juice, you know, and things like that, that it wouldn't, um, gosh, I just had so much to unlearn as far as things that I was afraid of. I I definitely still had a lot of food fear, um, you know, just stevia on everything. And, uh, that's pretty much how I was eating. Yeah. Um, anyone that comes from kind of the fitness world, just totally stevia was just everything. Um, and so, that's kind of how I led into the more metabolic sphere was just really from my own, uh, experimentation and seeing how much it was transforming my life. Um, how old are you? Honestly, Corey, how old was I? Oh, how old are you now? I'm 28 now. And And when did you find this? Find the second. Yeah, I was 24, I believe Mm. when I was diagnosed with endometriosis and then Mm found healing. And then it was over the next couple of years. I think I dove, I think I was pretty much almost, I was like 95% in by the time I was about 26. Mm. Um, but even things like dairy, I mean, Fallon and I incorporated that around the same time, only about eight months ago, to be honest. Yes. I was, 
I knew the healing properties of dairy. I knew mm. how important dairy was, but I just believed that by, that my body was, uh, you know, intolerant, intolerant to it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because it was showing up on tests. And so I was like, all right, I guess I'm just never meant to eat dairy and same with my son. And yeah. finally, when I really tried out the raw dairy, you know, like mm. went that route, mm. um, because I found that I couldn't stop thinking about dairy. <laughs> I couldn't. Well, I mean, how I good was... is cheese and milk <laughs> yes. and ice cream? It's like, can you imagine not having, I eat ice cream every night. Like it is honestly, that and pizza, I reckon are my two favorite foods. I don't eat pizza yes. every day, but I eat ice cream every night, every night. Oh, it's, it's so, best. it's so necessary. I mean, for just overall joy, you know? <laughs> Um, but I actually told Fallon, I was, somebody had made me a goat's milk latte, no, a goat's milk cappuccino at their house last hey, really? summer. Yes. And that was the first time I had had dairy in years and someone had just made it for me and I took a sip mm. of it and it, mm. oh, it awoken something in me where I could not stop thinking about it until I went and bought raw dairy for myself. I was telling Fallon, I was just like, I think my body really needs this, even though yeah. I had convinced myself I could thrive without dairy. I'll just do the eggshell powder and the yeah, pro powder yeah, yeah. and get my calcium elsewhere. But I really decided I'm going to go all in. Um, my son, his, he was having stool issues prior to this mm-hmm. and it like completely, completely healed his stool. He started sleeping through the night when we mm-hmm. incorporated raw dairy. I mean, it was just crazy how many benefits I saw of it. So I'm never, I mean, gosh, I, I, I have not looked back since raw dairy has been I mean, dairy in general has just been a major staple in my diet since then. Isn't that interesting? I just want to just backtrack a bit here because it just, um, when you talked about the endometriosis, so, um, and the interesting that you have had so much healing, even without the dairy, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, cause I think that we find that with any women with hormonal issues, like the calcium, such a key piece, totally. um, but how totally. amazing is it that you saw, I mean, you've had it now in for eight months, but did you, so you got diagnosed with endometriosis and then you started the journey and then did you fall pregnant with your son? Is that I got it? pregnant with him about three months. Uh, it, it was on the third month of mm. starting my healing journey. So within mm. two months I was symptom free. And then wow. on the third month I got pregnant. I mean, it was, it was fast. I mean, he was, Gee, that's when you, when, oh yeah. When you know how to support your body, when you're doing it right. Um, mm. it's actually pretty incredible how fast it can be turned around. Does that mean mm. that all of your symptoms, if you have endometriosis are going to turn around it in two months? No, but my body was, mm. I just think really, really ready to, I mean, it was so loaded up on talk, like just loaded from birth control. Um, oh, and so yeah, just yeah. addressing that alone was life-changing for me with endometriosis symptoms. So yeah, by the third month I got pregnant and I had the most I mean, glorious, no symptoms, just like such a healthy pregnancy because, you know, I had addressed the hormonal imbalance prior to that. So yeah, it was pretty cool. It is amazing actually. Like I think I noticed like when I started working with Emma, like all the years back, I had heaps of period issues, never actually diagnosed with anything. So I never got really checked out, but had a miscarriage and polyps removed mm. after the miscarriage because they went in there and did DNC and they're like, oh, you got all these polyps and you know, back then when I was getting pap smears and they found these precancerous cells, which I had removed, which now I think I probably wouldn't have done that now knowing what I now, but I didn't know anything back then. Um, (laughs) And obviously back then I was just drinking heaps and eating the green vegetables and doing all the stuff that Mm -hmm. you did. But then when I started working with Emma and obviously I came off the pill and my period became pretty regular, pretty quickly. Like it was actually something I noticed too, that improved pretty quick. 
Wow. Which is amazing. I think just eating more food, like I just say yeah. much more food and eating more like of the pre-metabolic foods and eating the liver and the oysters. And I was like, I was diagnosed with lactose intolerance when I was 12. So my mum made me drink soy and almond milk right up until I met Emma. But I'm Whoa. not, you know, like we just talked about this. I just sort of like go all in. So I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to drink this milk. Like I just went ahead and just, I had all this gas and bloating, but I was just like, nah, I'm, I'm going to keep going, you know, and it just, it just Whoa. went away. You know, like your body just probably starts making the enzyme that breaks down lactose again and you just sort of push past it. No, I'm not mm. saying that everyone should do this. Like, <laughs> it's probably easier to go more gently, but, yeah, I know what you mean about the – because you just think that you're lactose intolerant. We well, probably oh, are I mean, at that point, but oh, for, for me, various it was, reasons. Yeah, yeah it, for, for me it was 100% the PUFAs. I mean, that mm. I think – I will 100% believe that that's why I was so sensitive to dairy was because I was eating – just mm-hmm. absolute loads. And I grew up on loads of PUFAs. So yeah, I, now that's like not a huge part of our diet anymore. And mm. what do you know, you can tolerate dairy just fine. And that happens with so many of my mm. happen with my clients. And then when my core students are like, what I can Same. tolerate dairy. Yeah. <laughs> they're like after years and years and years. And they're like, this is amazing. I can eat ice cream again. Did you guys mm-hmm. ever get it? I really got into the nut butters. Like we mm-hmm. got this oh, almond yeah. butter, ABC butter. I just used to smash that stuff. Like Mm-hmm. chia seeds totally. made my own almond milk yes Just stupid shit oh yeah where our whole household was dairy free for a solid five years so we just i mean our poofa exposure was astronomical <laughs> i believe i wasted so many hours blending up those stupid almonds and then like getting the cheese block <laughs> like putting through anyway sorry keep oh, going so you had your, yeah you got pregnant you had your son um yeah that's amazing it really is. Uh, it was, it was in it. And obviously the learning journey did not stop there. I mean, it was, it was a continuation of experimentation. Like I said, cause I didn't incorporate dairy till much later. So it was a very slow transition to kind of decrease the, all the raw greens and the cruciferous vegetables and incorporate more fruit, not be afraid of sugar. Mm. You know, I, I, I never had a problem with carbs. I'll eat all the oatmeal, you know, just dump stevia on top, but same. fruit and fruit juices. I just couldn't, I, it took me a while to get through that. Um, so, you know, it's sometimes it just takes a total mindset shift to be able to see food differently. Mm. I think you've got to like, cause I remember reading this article of Emma's and you know, like instinctively I knew what I was doing wasn't working. Mm. You know, I was like, oh, reading the other thinking, oh, no wonder I crave sugar all the time. Like I remember reading it thinking, oh, I've stumbled across the Holy grail. Like this is yes. what I've been looking for my entire life because deep down, you know, you're like, it's just not working. Mm-hmm. It's not working. Not at all. And especially with the binging thing, I definitely used to any party, like any get together where there were brownies it, or cookies. I specifically remember my college years. And then th- during the endometriosis time, I, I could, I mean, I could go through 10 brownies and I just thought, wow, what a weird, why, why can't I stop eating these? You know, I, I had no idea. Is because my body was so deprived of because you're weak. Of the simple you, sugars. You're weak. You're a weak person. That's what I was thinking. Oh, you <laughs> yeah. just can't. Like, why can these fitness models stick to these diets? And I'm just, I've got no willpower. Totally, totally. It's like you blame the person instead of, or, or yeah, the willpower. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Just blame the willpower that you can't resist it enough when you're fighting your biology. It's just, it's impossible. It's yeah. You can do it for a while. Like I'd have, I think, and the older I got, the harder it got. 
like when I was younger and I was really motivated to be skinny, like super motivated. Obviously when you're younger, you know, you can sleep less and I partied heaps and took heaps of drugs and, Mm. you know, but I was so motivated to be skinny that I could last. But then as time went on, it would just get harder and harder and the binges would get worse. And geez, I had some epic binges. Hey, like, wow. Like 10,000 calories, like just stupid. Wow. I'd, do, I'd do this stupid thing where I used to, I'd have the binge all day. And then the next day I'd just eat protein, mm. only protein. So I'd just eat kangaroo meat, chicken, beef, oh, nothing my else. Gosh. And like lean protein only. I'm only sure. Lean protein for every meal. <laughs> just because I had that massive binge. Yeah. How ridiculous. Yeah. Well, wow. sorry, I interrupted you. So yeah. And then you're, and now you're pregnant again. Yes. I'm like, I believe five, five months along. So That's do so exciting. this summer. I'm so excited. Do you know, are you, do you find out whether it's a boy or a girl is a surprise? This one will be a surprise. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'll be doing a home birth. And so yeah. I, yeah, there's really, uh, I'm just, it'll be a whole euphoric experience. <laughs> Actually, Fallon, so I had a C-section with my son and Fallon had a, a VBAC as a vaginal birth after cesarean. Mm-hmm. And um, Fallon herself also had a home VBAC with her third son. So that'd be really cool to be able to walk through the same thing yeah. that she kind of should gone through. This is just a little bit off the topic, but on this topic, we've got these friends. They're actually Craig's like best mate um, from school and all their wives are just, or oh, I shouldn't say he's got all these wives, but all his friends have got really nice wives <laughs> and they're having a baby. His name's Daz. And he came over the other night and he, cause he stayed here and he's like, after my 40th birthday, they had to go to this eight hour, like birthing class thing. Mm. I, can't, I don't know what it's called, but I think it might be something along the lines of what you guys are talking about. And he's, he's so funny. He's like, Oh, you know me, Kit, you know, like I was just going to this thing, thing thinking, what the fuck is this? Like, but he's like, <laughs> I am totally converted. He's like, I've done this course. And he said, it is just incredible. Like they teach you how to just, you know, he said like you see all these crazy ass bursts where it's like push, push, push. It's like, you don't have to do that. And he's telling me all about like how it's, you can just work with your body and the breathing exactly. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I was like, oh, this, it makes sense, you know, like, so yeah, like it doesn't have to be this traumatic crazy thing I mean obviously like if something's my sister the my cousin cousin my little nephew was turned around the other way so like his what was feet were first Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. tried to turn him around and they're like we just can't turn him so it's just better if you have a c-section it'll just be too I mean obviously there's circumstances where I think women Mm -hmm. have to have them for the safety of the baby but yeah like I mean I think if I have a baby I'd like to try and have a natural birth like give it absolutely you know absolutely it's it's it actually is along the same vein of the whole food thing it's like mm. do we fight our bodies fight our bodies force our bodies to do things that they're not mm. meant to do or do we just mm. trust our bodies that they know that they know what they need that they know what they crave i mean birth is 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 similar in that in that way where it's like you are so like designed to be able to do this and mm. if we just can unlearn all the things that we've learned out of fear Mm. Um, you know, from the medical industry, if we can just unlearn all that stuff and, and just Hollywood, like you said, with all these movies and TV, if it's really perpetuated, this idea of birth is a, a medical emergency and that are, and that we're incapable of doing this on our own. So mm. they kind of, it kind of, it's, it's a parallel in a way of just like, man, we've just gotten really disconnected with, with our bodies and we got to relearn trust. So it'll be a really empowering uh, I think birth is just a really empowering experience for anyone that goes through it. 
Yeah, it looks, uh, you know, like I've just, my friends tell me stories, you know, and there's some good stories and there's some that are like, you're like, oh, God, like I think, <laughs> you know, I was talking, actually Emma and I, I know this is totally off topic, we were having this conversation and she had to have two C-sections and she told me mm. why, I just can't remember, but she's like, I think here the secret is to find, what are they, is it obstetrician? Is that what you call a baby, your baby doctor? Is it obstetrician? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so find someone that is really, she said, that you trust and that mm. will have your babies and your health, you know, but they're not just someone who says everyone has to have a C-section. You know, it's exactly. like what's the best and most natural thing that's going to be best for the mum and the baby? And if for whatever reason you have to do it, she's like you want someone you can trust because they're telling you to do it because it really is the best thing because shit can go wrong. Like she was telling me some ridiculous stat that like before they introduced C-sections, like, 30% of women died in childbirth. Like it's really. Oh boy. <laughs> like it really, it, it is a, it is a traumatic, ex, I mean, I shouldn't say because I haven't done it, but it is, mm-hmm. it's stressful on your body, right? Like it's mm. a hard, I can't imagine it's, well, you've done it three times now, Fallon. <laughs> You'll be the expert. Yeah. <laughs> Hardly. Vic actually had a vaginal birth after having a C-section. I ups manager. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. She said it, Ruby just flew right out. Like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so cool for you like it'll be um exciting I guess is the oh yeah what an oh, experience it's, it's 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 transformative already um yeah. and I just have a really great so I live on Maui and yeah. the culture here is very um no, they very much normalize home births and midwives yeah. and holistic care during pregnancy so man I just have the best support team around me I mean that's it's so just good. it's been a great experience yeah, wow, that's exciting. Well, you'll have to obviously share the. Exp- I mean, not like you need to get a video camera and video it live and Facebook for everyone to see, but <laughs> Instagram <laughs> live. <laughs> you can share obviously after after your totally. experience. Yeah, I'll totally be sharing all the details. Yeah, cool. Well, that's exciting. And what about you, Fallon? Because I know you've had a bit more health issues with Hashimoto's. You have Hashimoto's, hey. I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy though. My, my food and body dysmorphia journey goes so much further back than that, even because I mean, in high school, when I was like a junior and senior, I was, I was in pageants. And so I, I got into strength training. You're very pretty. You're very pretty. I can see That's how you'd so be in pageants. You. I'm, I'm really so honored. <laughs> in the beauty pageants. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it, there was little talent involved. <laughs> Uh, so I, you know, I got into talent or into, uh, pageants rather. And so I was strength training. I'm, I mean, as a 16 year old, I was like on the sugar-free train, you know, you didn't eat carbs after lunchtime. And I mean, it's just like, it's just crazy looking back the ideas that I had about nutrition. And so first of all, it's no wonder I had an autoimmune disease. I mean, I wasn't eating enough. I was eating the wrong types of food. I was on the like lean chicken and, you know, low fat and sugar-free type diet. And I continued that for I don't know, 10 years at least. Um, and then in college, just chronically over-exercised. I mean, I was eating that same diet. I was a half marathon runner. I was doing, you know, hour long, uh, fitness classes and, you know, then going on runs and then doing yoga. I mean, it was just crazy. I, the, the, the things that I did to my body looking back were insane. So I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's go figure. <laughs> and then from there, kind of dove into the world of, you know, paleo and autoimmune paleo, which are just these extreme elimination diets, which, you know, I, I think in, in one hand, some people do need to maybe play around with eliminations, but the, the extent to which the paleo world takes it is just really mind blowing. So it was just kind of this domino effect of 
okay, let's start by cutting dairy and then let's add in gluten and then soy. And then it was just this, this spiral. I mean, in several, you guys have probably heard me talk about before. There were several different seasons where I was eating between seven to 10 foods and I was Mm. just miserable. I mean, it was just not life. It was miserable. I was so malnourished. I was so skinny. And of course, because you know, the world that we live in, everyone was like, dang girl, you look good. Like you've had two kids, you look amazing. And I'm like drowning, you know, I'm just Mm -hmm. miserable. I'm, I, you know, my emotions are a wreck. My hormones are a wreck. My mental health is a wreck. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that persisted for, I don't know, three or four years, five years of just these kind of up and down seasons of, you know, okay, what food am I going to cut next? Because it wasn't, you know, it it was just this, this symptom chasing journey, you know, Corey and I've talked about this on the, on the podcast a bit, but chasing symptoms, how am I going to get rid of the symptoms? Nothing was like a long-term nourishment goal. It was just like, I mean, it was, it was survival, honestly. Um, but all of the just terrible nutrition advice that I was getting was just like spiraling out of control. I mean, I had doctors ask if I had tried, you know, keto and like a juice fast a couple of times a month. And I mean, just this crazy stuff that I was like, oh yeah, this has got to be legitimate advice because I'm paying you thousands of dollars <laughs> to give me this functional medicine advice. Cause I, it, you know, I had completely left the Western medicine community a long, long time ago. I mean, there was no, they, they, you know, gave me some prescription medication and sent me on my way. You know, it was like, this is, this is your life now. <laughs> Here's some medication. Good luck. And so, you know, I dove into the world of wellness, but I, the entry point for me was just completely wrong. So it just kind of, you know, when you're in the, the paleo sphere, you're low carb, unintentionally, a lot of the time, it's just, you know, you're not, you know, and I was kind of in the whole 30 world, which is the whole idea of like, no added sweetener, you can't have too much fruit. I mean, I I was having doctors encourage me like, Hey, don't have more than, you know, maybe two or three servings of fruit in a day. And so I had this just insane food fear by, you know, by the time I was four or five years in. So I um, really just kind of found this incredible healing after my third son was born And my food, I had been doing some years of like brain rewiring work and trying to overcome some of that trauma and that, you know, that food fear. Um, And so I started expanding my diet, which is, you know, kind of what led me to meet Corey and then led me to this whole metabolic sphere. And it was just almost this like night and day transformation of the food I could eat once I decided that I wasn't going to let food control me and be the enemy anymore. And so now, I mean, I had sourdough pizza for dinner last night with, with, you know, full on Me too. <laughs> like I, I, it's just crazy. I, you know, I was <laughs> years ago, I told people, and this was actually, I mean, I had pretty strong reactions for a long time. I, I think, it, you know, some of it was kind of this like mental sort of limbic system block, but there was a time where even a trace exposure to something like gluten and dairy would put me in bed for three or four days. I mean, it was a real thing that was happening to me, <laughs> but I think that I sort of, self-sabotage. I didn't know that. I thought I was pursuing health and it was the best thing that I knew to do, but I, it just kind of spiraled me into this extreme food response and extreme food fear. So being in the metabolic world has been just insane to think like, I'm, I mean, I literally told people for years that if I had, they're like, okay, let's pretend you just go get a burrito. Like just, (laughs) you go out, you get a pizza, what happens? And I'm like, I'm in the hospital. That's what happens because I mean, my reactions were that extreme. So to be someone who today, you know, is, was marked by Hashimoto's for so many years. And now I'm like, I I have found this food freedom. I'm eating 
sourdough. I'm eating dairy every day. I, I mean, I can go out to a restaurant now and not like be in bed for several days after. So it's just, it's crazy the amount of healing I've experienced. And, you know, we've talked about, um, at least on uh, our podcast, you know, me coming off my thyroid medication almost immediately when I started mm. eating pro metabolically, even with the most basic concepts, like eating more carbohydrates and balancing blood sugar and getting more animal protein. And, um, so my healing is just like skyrocketed over the past year, which is such a gift. Um, but I, I mean, I, looking back, it's like, it's no wonder <laughs> it's no wonder it took me so long to heal. It's no wonder I had all these roadblocks to overcome. Cause I have, I mean, I'm 20, I'll be 30 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, I don't know, at least 15, 20 years of just insane food and body dysmorphia. Mm. Yeah. It's, it, you know, Emma and I was having this conversation the other day about like, um, I think we were just talking about supplements, but we were just talking about clients and, you know, like we've had some women come into our program with like, um, rheumatoid arthritis, like really bad. And now mm. they're in remission and that's just wow. from eating the food. And like you said, there's a few basic supplements they've taken, but really eating more food, eating all mm. the pro metabolic foods, eating the dairy. And you just like, it's actually quite incredible the mm-hmm. difference, um, in actually when they nourish their body. And I think this probably leads into the weight gain <laughs> part of this. Cause I think that so many of us, you know, I just did this post the other day. Cause I just, you know, if you guys follow me, like I was still loose cannon when I was younger, like I just drank, partied, fucked heaps of guys. Like I was just mm-hmm. a mess. Like sometimes I think, I think, how did I not die? You know, like <laughs> I, I smoked ice, you know, I just did stupid shit you know, and just didn't respect my body. But all of it stemmed back to just wanted to be thin. I just wanted mm-hmm. to be prettier. I couldn't find a guy because I wasn't pretty enough, like, because I wasn't skinny enough. Like, that's mm-hmm. what it all. And then I'd try all these diets and be like, oh, I'm trying to be healthy. I'm trying to be healthy. But really, for me, it really stemmed back to controlling my weight and right. being at a certain body weight because that meant that I then was like, okay, I'm good enough and I feel good about myself. And I think that so many women, and I'm sure you have it in your programs, have all been through the same thing is that, you know, I think the fitness industry too sets us up with these unrealistic expectations of what women should look like and what like a healthy body fat, like think about all these fitness models that run around, and I'm not going to name people because I don't want to do that, (laughs) but like, you know, that they're so shredded and so lean and, you know, they're like, I don't know, under 20% body fat. And this is what women are trying to achieve. Absolutely. Actually, I just, we, we just had this conversation in my Facebook group about how fitness models that we used to idolize and do their workouts and, and look at their bodies and think that's, that's what I want at, you know, no matter what the cost, um, all of them, all of them that I know of have come out and said that they're struggling with some crazy, crazy, crazy internal issues. And it's been really eye-opening for a lot of my core students that I know just women in general to be like, I mean, if they can make the connection, I don't know if everyone can make that connection, but for those who can make that connection are going, huh? Okay. Maybe our external physique (laughs) has nothing to do with our inner health. And maybe we can't look like this and achieve optimal inner health. Um, and for people that can make that connection, I, that's life-changing because you can stop looking at bodies as, you know, that being the standard of, Mm -hmm. of your goal. Um, so yeah, that's so, that's such a relevant conversation that I've been having with my core students lately. I love that you brought that up. 
And what, because I, and this is just because I always like to use real life examples. So in our challenge, and we'll often get people that like this lady came in and she'd already done Jess's course and she's done a lot of Morley Robbins work and she was a WBFF fitness model. Mm. And um, so she'd already done heaps of good base work. I was like looking at her plutonium. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Like you're just eating all the right foods <laughs> and stuff. And she's like, oh, but I'm still struggling with like this. And I think I'm wasting magnesium. Blah. So I was like, what's your body fat percentage? Because I know she'd know because she's, she's, like, I said, she's like 20% body fat. I said, you mm. need to eat more food. I said, your body fat's too low. Like if you, she's like, I really want, I said, what's your goal? I really want to improve my menstrual cycle, but I really want to be able to be leaner. And I said, well, you can't achieve both of those things. I said, you're already too lean in my opinion. If you're wanting to improve these like menstrual cycle issues, you've done all the base work. You just need to eat some more food and put body fat on. Mm -hmm. But she just didn't want to do that. Like, you know, I think, I don't, in, in, I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but I sort of think, and this is just from my experience and working with women, like anywhere between 22 to 35% body fat seems to be a good range. Mm-hmm. Anything under 22, I'm like, and even in, in my own experience, it's like menstrual cycle issues, you know, um, it's just too lean. Like, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, Corey I was, and I were talking recently just that, you know, for us personally, somewhere between that maybe 25 to even 32 range mm. is just where we're thriving, you know, anything yeah. under that. And it's just your body gives up the ability to perform basic functions when you don't mm. have the fuel, when you're mm. at, you know, 20% body fat, which is like mm. you said, the image that women have in their mind of their, their motivation is like this 18 to 20% body fat. And it's like that is not realistic. If you want to survive, <laughs> if you want to survive, reproduce, feel good. You just can't be there. You can't, you can't. And like, I've been there multiple times and it's like, you just, you know, I think, and I, I like I always say to women, like, if you want to be under like 25 and you can be, I've been, but you have to be disciplined with your food. You have to be relatively strong. Like the women in our program who, have sit at that lower end of body fat it's this is their life and I'm not and I'm not here to I I always say to women like I'm not going to tell you what you should and shouldn't want but I'll tell you what the costs are and what you need to achieve it so like you know April one of our coaches she's right into powerlifting she's tiny 56 kilos eats heaps of food she sits at the lean it's her life it's her Mm -hmm. life she lives Mm -hmm. eats breathes food prep you know, but that's what she loves. Anna Hansel's another one who's quite lean, but she preps all her food, takes it everywhere with her, but that's because she enjoys the lifestyle. So I'm like, if you want to achieve that body, that's the mm-hmm. life you have to live. There's no <laughs> right or wrong, but, you know, if you really want to do it and try and achieve like better health, you've got to go through years and years and years of building muscle, building up your calorie base. And I think women just have this, it's like, oh, I just want to be like that, but I don't actually want to live that life. And I think exactly. too, it's like, ask yourself, is that really going to make you, it makes them happy. Like I sort of mm-hmm. like to sit somewhere in between, like I really love training and I love being strong and I've been athlete, but also like eating <laughs> and I like mm-hmm. to sometimes have a drink and I like to like, you know, so it's, I think it's about, you just, I think finding that happy space for yourself and realizing that being at that 20% body fat isn't necessarily going to make you happy. I think. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Quality of life has to be considered. I mean, if mm. you're, like you said, there's women who love this, they're thriving mm. on it. Mm. That's awesome. You know, I'm, I'm not one of those people. I, <laughs> I, I thrive in this, like, you know, maybe 28% body fat range mm. and I'm comfortable with that. If that gives me freedom, then like that's where health is found. 
Yeah, mm. yeah. And I think that like to do the, the muscle, like I think, I don't know if you guys have been following, Craig and I have decided that we're going to like, we want to have a baby. But it all sort of started last year. We were in and out, in and out, in and out. Like just a long fucking story. But anyway, I'll share more of it as we go along. And um, I think for a while I really held on to being an athlete. Like mm. I really didn't want to give up my, because I just love training. I love it. Like it's, I just yeah. really enjoy it. I get a lot out of it. It challenges me. And I think maybe potentially some of my, what do you call it? Your um, self-worth is not the right word. My identity is tied mm. to that. Like that's mm-hmm. what I've been for so long. So all of a sudden I was like, oh, fuck, I really, because I know and I understand, you know, having a baby, like you need to be high body fat. You need to slow down. You need to really nourish your body even more so than you're doing now, you know, like, and I found it really hard to go, okay, I have to switch modes. And I think I, I really um, resisted for a long, mm-hmm. for quite a number of months. Mm-hmm. And then when we actually finally decided and I had this, like, I was like, okay, if you're going to go all in, you've got to, you got to go all in. Like, you've got to really like stop. You're not the athlete anymore. You want to have a baby. You got to prepare your body for a baby. And I remember mm-hmm. ringing Emma one day on the phone and going, okay, I'm in, I'm in, I want to be a mother. I'm in now. I know I need to like dial back my training and just slow down, be less like me, you know, <laughs> just really loosen the reins on the food. And not that I was ever really restrictive, but I was quite structured, you know, I'd eat my food and, you know, now I'm just like, oh, I'll eat a whole large sourdough pizza and whatever. And slowly my body fat's come up to like 27%. So I look obviously different. Mm. But I think, you know, if you're a woman and you're trying to fall pregnant, fix menstrual stroke issues, fix health issues, would you agree that you probably potentially, if you're leaner, have to put on some body fat? Absolutely. That was my, my leanest self was my peak, peak, peak endometriosis symptoms mm-hmm. where I wanted to take my own life because I couldn't mm-hmm. survive in that kind of pain. Um, oh my gosh. It was, it was, and developing like kind of like OCD tendencies. And I mean, there was a whole slew of, of symptoms I was dealing with. I mean, pretty much more than half of the trash metabolism, you know, markers. Um, and did I look, did I look like a bodybuilder? Absolutely. Um, and I'm, I think that one of those things that women have to kind of get through is the comparison to their own body. Um, you know, not everyone's even looking at other people's bodies and going, I want that they're kind of doing it to their, to themselves, you know, looking at, Mm themselves from a few years ago and, and, and being like, well, I used to look like that. So why can't I just look like that again? You know, I, I looked like that at some point in my life. Um, and so I think just accepting seasons and, and really embracing seasons and being like, I don't even want, first off, I don't even want to look like that again, but secondly, Mm -hmm. you know, just embracing what my body looks like now. And Mm -hmm. cause the identity piece is huge. Cause you get so used to your body looking a certain way It is, it is a mind, it's a mind shift to like, look in the mirror and go, wait, what? Like I, this looks nothing like me. This looks nothing like me right now. You know, you, and then you just have to embrace it. So, um, and I'm not saying that your body stays like that forever. If you're in a, you know, a healing pound Mm. season, but I think just learning daily to accept and, and speak acceptance and, um, you know, just like honoring what your body looks like on a day-to-day basis. That's how you achieve, you know, that path to true healing for sure. Mm. You know, but higher could, body yeah. fat, I definitely yeah. agree. Yeah. I, I, I'm way above where, where I used to sit and I'm, st- I'm so much happier at this 
mm. body fat percentage, like Fallon was saying. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, and it's like looking at if you do want to be leaner, like I always said, you've got to, you got to be an athlete, you got to build the muscle. Like if you want to be sit at that like sub 25 and be able to eat a lot of food, you got to put the work in and build the muscle and spend years, like you have to spend a long time doing it. Cause then the more, you know, people always look at me and go, no, you don't look 27% body fat. I'm like, well, it's cause, it's cause I've got lots of muscle. The more mm-hmm. muscle you have, you're just going to naturally look leaner. And I, again, I think there's nothing wrong. Like if you do want to, but do it the right way, put the mm-hmm. work and the time in. And then I think the other thing too is, is you don't, it's not like I, tra- I train because I want to look a set. I really train because I enjoy it. And the, the byproduct of that is that I, you know, and I eat consistently because I, en- I enjoy structure and routine. I always have. So mm-hmm. as a result, you look a certain way because you're just living this life. But I think the problem is women have it backwards. They're like, I want to look like that, but I don't actually really enjoy the lifestyle of that. And again, there's nothing wrong with it, but I think, yeah, too, like focusing on what we tell a lot of women, our program is like, focus on the good things. Like I'm sleeping so great and I'm eating all this great food and like waking up feeling refreshed. I'm not, you know, anxious anymore. And cause I think, it, you know, and you Fallon talk a lot about, cause you, you, when you started this, like have you gained, how much weight have you gained in your journey? So my, my journey has been kind of in pieces, but you know, I, I kind of started this after my third son was born. So obviously, you know, that was a much different body size than, you know, pre pre children. But when I started to now has been about a 30 pound difference. So that's probably what under 15 kilos, I think it's a, yes. I'm like, convert it to the Aussie. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> I think I'm like talking in bloody pounds, like four, 13 kilos or something, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that sounds about yeah. right. I think it's about double a little more. Yeah. So I've, I've put on 30 pounds from the beginning, but I, and I don't think I'll stay here. I think I'm in that season where, you know, I just stopped nursing my youngest son. I, I just started sleeping through the night not long ago. You know, I've, I've got trauma that I'm unpacking in this season. I've got stress that I'm addressing. And so it really is so multifaceted, but, you know, I, I look back at pictures from when my third son was born. And first of all, I thought that I needed to lose weight still. You know, I, I thought because I had this vision, you know, of what my body, like Corey said, I'm comparing myself to myself <laughs> and that's the hardest part. You know, I have this vision of what I looked like pre-children or even, you know, before my third kid and I'm thinking, okay, well, I've got to get back there. And now that I feel so good and you know, I feel so healthy, I feel so, you know, joy filled. And I'm, I'm actually living my life now, as opposed to when I was eating seven foods. Yeah, sure. I might've been 125 pounds then, but I was eating seven foods. I mean, that's not, <laughs> that's not life. <laughs> So it's crazy just to look back and see, like, I don't see vibrancy in my face when I, you know, before I started this healing journey, when I was so thin, you know, I was, I was, that was where I, like you were talking about Kitty with your identity mm-hmm. in, you know, training or wherever that falls. Mine was in my appearance. And I, I, you know, it's crazy. I thought that I was a really confident person. I was just, I had this like fake sense of confidence because I happened to align with cultural standards of what thinness was. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as I've gained weight over this journey, it's been, I mean, the healing, like I said, has just been so multi-layered. I mean, I've had to look at, you know, where is my identity? Where, you know, do I have trauma that's unaddressed? Where do I need to change lifestyle and just, and give myself grace, you know, like it's, it's crazy. I have a really great support system, which has made a huge difference. But, you know, my husband, for example, first of all, I don't think he would have even known that I gained weight unless I said it to him. <laughs> and even if he did, he doesn't care. Like nobody no. around him cares besides me. Oh, you're <laughs> so right. Crazy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Nobody else is thinking like, wow, I really, you know, I liked Fallon better when she was 20 pounds lighter. Like literally nobody is thinking that, but we put this, you know, this strain on ourselves to fit whatever mold that we're, you know, whether it's our past self or Mm -hmm. somebody else that we're watching, but yeah, the weight gain has been, I mean, it's been a world of difference in terms of how I feel. And like I said, I think that I'm still kind of finding my, my safe spot. Um, Mm. and that I'm still kind of in the healing pounds phase, but Mm. I can look at so many factors because it's not, it's not all just the nutrition, right? Like we've talked about, Mm. yeah, you have to be so consistent with your nutrition and, you know, your exercise, but like what stuff, what demons are you carrying? Like those have to be addressed and what stress in your life isn't addressed. And are you sleeping? Like, you know, so for Mm. the moms out there, I think Kitty and I, we've had so many back and forths about this. Cause I, you know, I, I did a uh, Kitty's Win It Life program for a little bit. And that was one she of my won the competition, I think. Oh, yeah, I remember you posted awesome. it in the Facebook page and I'm like, um, I think you just need to like, you like your kids not sleeping during the night. Like, what are you even right. doing worrying about? Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're not sleeping all night long, yeah. you're, you can't oh be God. concerned about the weight you stopping. You must be so tired too. Like, I can't even imagine. Oh, as you get older, as an older mum, like think about when you're in your 20s, mm-hmm. party all night, no sleep. I can't even, like, if I have a kid now in 40s, I'm going to be so screwed. Like, if I don't have a good night's sleep now, I'm like, oh, the world is ending. Fuck. Right, right. It's like, crazy, though. My energy was sustained, honestly. Like, once I started, you know, kind of implementing these pro-metabolic principles, mm-hmm. even getting mm-hmm. up three or four times a night with You're my much lowest better. one, yeah. oh, my gosh, yeah. it was like I wasn't having these crashes. And there, I mean, I remember times, I just, that was one of my biggest symptoms with, with Hashimoto's was this mm-hmm. fatigue. Was like mm. I was exhausted. It doesn't. It didn't really matter how much I slept. But even with you know, now that my body has the fuel that it needs, even getting up several times a night, it's like okay, I'm not surviving off coffee. Mm. I can be sustained throughout the day. I'm not having this huge crash. Um, so it just, I mean, you know, the the nutrition bit does make a world of difference in terms of like, okay, am I going to be insane during this season where I don't get enough sleep, or can I be kind of calm and regulated <laughs> and make it through? Yeah, totally. I think about all these poor mums, you know, like we had women come into our challenge, um, breastfeeding, eating a thousand calories. And I was oh like, Vic, gosh. I remember Vic saying to lady, double your calories immediately. Like mm-hmm. she's like, At you least. need, yeah, yeah. You, but you know, they're so scared. Like they're like just mm-hmm. so, but trying to lose weight while like purposely focusing on it when you like, when, when you're not sleeping is so key. Like right. in, 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 so we say the same thing in our program, a lot of women come in like, shouldn't we focus on body composition change and doing a healthy way? And Craig has these, like, um, when he works with people, he's like, Hey, you can't do a fat loss phase unless you tick these boxes. So you have to have certain strength targets. You need your temperature and pulse needs to be this. You need to be sleeping. You need to be in a low stress state in your work and your personal life. Then we'll do it. Cause he's like, mm. It's going to be stressful, not massively stressful, but in time there's going to be calorie deficit. You know, we're trying to lose body fat and you'll do it for like 12 weeks. So it's like everything mm-hmm. needs to align because if you're not in a good spot, we're not doing it. Like right. we're, just not, we're not doing it. And he just tells them because you're right. It's like, if you're not sleeping, you mm-hmm. just got to accept, you've just got to accept, don't you? In that time, you're like this, for this time, I have to just be okay with mm. how I am and nourish oh, yeah. my body. But it's hard, isn't it? Like it is. Know. It's tough. Yeah. It's it's been a mental battle for sure. And I think that, you know, having people like the two of you, for example, that have walked this path and, you know, maybe not to the exact same extent mm. of, you know, the healing pounds, but I can look at several people in this sphere who have walked this road and then also having just encouragement from, 
you know, people that love me and are, are there to support me regardless mm-hmm. of, you know, what my weight looks like, or, um, you know, that's not, that's not where my worth is found to them. And so just having this support system is, is huge. Cause it really is, it's, it's hard to, to feel like a different version of yourself and then realizing, well, I might feel that way, but that's not actually true. Like I'm still the same person. My, my body might look different on the outside, but I'm still the same person. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot of, uh, just mental, uh, like the brain rewiring stuff. I kind of mentioned that's been a big thing for me. You really have to, you have to learn how to stop, um, sort of this spiral of self-deprecation because it can happen really quickly for sure. Would you guys agree, um, to that, like the more severe the dieting, the longer the period. So like Fallon, you, Uh you, you did it good. You really mm-hmm. like from so sixteen, like you've real. That was a long time, a lot of years. Developed Hashimoto's. Like the more severe it is, the longer it is. Maybe probably the more weight gain. So the tinier you were, um, and then the longer you have to sit in that healing period before mm-hmm. you can actually then begin to go. Okay, now I want to lose some body fat. Like, would you agree with that? Like, because I think a lot of women are like, they come to us, oh, I've been dieting for 30 years and I've got all these like issues, but then they're like, oh, I just want to fix everything in 12 weeks. Right. Mm. Oh yeah. I agree 1000%. And I even, you know, I've had to stop and look at my own journey. I think back to my paleo days. I mean, the kind of the paleo model of eating is like you put a protein and, you know, the rest of your plate is veggies. There's a, there's a big trend in the paleo sphere that your plate is three fourths veggies, So that's what I did for at least four or five years. You know, maybe there were some root veggies in there, but mostly it's like leafy green. So, I mean, point is I look back and I'm like, I have no idea how low calorie and low carbohydrate I was eating. And and that was a five-year long process. And even before that, I was, I mean, there's no doubt I was chronically undernourished. That's just, I mean, just women mostly are, unless you have a really solid understanding of what your caloric needs are, you know, what your Mm -hmm. nutrition priorities are. Most women in, especially in our like Western, you know, modern culture, they're, they're just under eating. And so Mm -hmm. looking back and realizing, okay, one, I was eating, I don't know, definitely under 1500 calories for (sighs) possibly 10 plus years. I mean, that's a, that's a very long time. And you were 125 pounds. So that's like, I just want to work that out because it just shows Uh like how small you were. One, two, five divided by 2.2, 56 kilos. That mm. is tiny. Yeah. Mm. And I'm five, five. So not, you know, I'm kind of a middle of the pack in terms of height, but I mean, it just, it's, it's wild to look back at photos. I mean, I look like a literal child. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, I remember when I competed for the very first time and I'm five, eight and I got down okay. to 54 kilos. So you mm. really maintain that weight for five years. And I only maintain that for a week, maybe after the show, mm. like that's stupidly, I looked like anorexic. Oh, I'm sure. I think that you did that for five years, 10 years. Oh yeah. Like, well, that was the, that was my heaviest at that point. I mean, all through college wow. as a teenager, I probably ran like 112 pounds. I mean, oh. it's just, it's, wow. it's my body needed nourishment so desperately that, that I think you're right, that it needed it so badly that I have probably been on the more extreme side of healing pounds because I had so much to make up for. I mean, all of those years, I mean, my, literally my entire life up until that point, I had been too thin too undernourished. And my body was just like rejoicing in this safety that we found. <laughs> and even still, I'm not like a large woman at this point, but you no. know, but my body is, is still finding that, that place of safety. And it's just been, yeah, I think the more damage you do for sure. It's like the more, 
potentially the more recovery you have to do. I mean, it makes sense, right? Well, you have to, you have to, like, I've never seen anyone like that. We've had some really severe cases come in and it's like, they've spent like two years just Mm -hmm. holding heavier body weight, body, more body fat, you know, like it's just, that's just the unfortunate reality. I think once you can accept that it becomes easier. And, and at some point too, you have to make like, take some ownership, I think, and go, well, I did this to myself, regardless of, like, obviously I followed other people's stupid fucking advice, but going, I'm now going to take ownership that I'm going to put the work in and the time to, you know, it exactly. might take you another year of being at where right. you are. Maybe, I don't know, like, sure, yeah. That's such a good point. And I love, I love that it brings it back to the fact that we can't compare healing journeys. Mm. And while my own story isn't relatable to everyone's, you know, I, I was extremely well-nourished growing up and every sport that I ever did was an interval type sport, you know, short distance track, short Mm. distance swimming. Um, I never did cardio ever, you know, I I never under ate until that one bodybuilding competition that I did. And so when my version of healing pounds, um, it was within two months that it already redistributed to my, my boobs and my butt. And so Mm. someone can see that and be like, okay, well, why, why did that happen so quickly to her? but you have to understand that I didn't spend my entire life uh, restricting Um, while I did have major health issues when I did, (laughs) when I did put my body under stress temporarily. And so, and then of course from birth control. So anyways, I just think it totally emphasizes the point of, okay, Fallon and I have two completely different backgrounds. And this is, this is exactly why one person can't compare healing pounds, healing journey, Mm you another individual are you looking at their entire lifestyle and understanding how different it was from yours and so Mm. um what you said about expectations is so spot on like if you can take that acceptance and go okay i have been fighting my biology possibly my entire life it's going to take more than a few months it might take a year it might take two Mm. years it might take three years and to be okay with that and accept Mm the road because you know that this is, this is the right path for you, um, mm. to undo, to unravel and undo that damage. If you can accept that and, and, and set your mind to it, it's just, I mean, gosh, you can do anything. Mm. That's a really good point too. Actually. I think like, I'd say you and I was the same all through high school, like up until just after I left high school, like our family, you know, my mom never really ever died and she's always just my mom just loves food and alcohol. She's just, (laughs) (laughs) they're a bit overweight, my parents, but they're like, my dad's so funny. He's like, oh, you know, I'd rather live five less years and just enjoy my alcohol. And like, he's so funny, (laughs) but like, we just ate, you know, like we ate, you know, mum would buy whatever meat was on special and we'd have spaghetti bolognese and quiches and Mm. apricot chicken with white rice and we'd eat lots of fruit and I'd eat wheat bix and we'd drink shit tons of milk and then we'd Mm. be allowed to have treats on the holidays like cans of coke which obviously now I know I'm like just drink coke we should talk about coke (laughs) Um, you know like and I played lots of sport at school as well never ever I never liked long distance I always played like netball and basketball and stuff but then it was after I left and I got into the drug scene Mm. and the drinking and the dieting. Um, But I actually think, and in a way, I feel like I was always like so obsessed with food in my body, but unlike Fallon, I never, I would go on these periods of restriction, but then I would have these epic binges. And so like my weight would fluctuate, but probably only like five kilos. So Mm -hmm. I was, I stayed, I was still small. Like my weight was like 62 kilos and I'm now 70 kilos. Like I 
so it sit around 69, 70 kilos. Mm-hmm. But I think probably what saved me was like, what's well, not saved me, but you know, like I didn't ever maintain that really low body weight, like 54 kilos for five, 10 years periods of time. I just, I mean, binging isn't good either, but <laughs> you know, like it, it, it is. So for me, when I just worked with Emma and started strength training, stopped the cardio, started eating more food things. I mean, I gained weight, but I gained muscle too. And I was just really focused on lifting, but again, I didn't have any of the really bad, bad Mm -hmm. issues that you had. And I think, and I just see it with the women in our program too, the ones that are the real restrictors like you that Mm -hmm. restricted to those super low body fats, five, 10, 15 years, they're the ones that take the longest Mm. because their bodies are just like, it, you, you have to, I think, look at the total time that you did and how severe it was and go, well, maybe it's going to take me 10, 15% of the years. Like you say, three years, it might take you three years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think we had this conversation maybe in Corey's uh, course group, but, you know, in terms of seeing healing improvement, in terms of seeing, you know, weight evening out or symptoms improving, whatever, you know, that, that might take a really long time, but it's like, if you're a restrictor, like I was, your very first win for a long season may just be that you get to eat, that you get to eat food, you get to eat food that you love and that's your win, you know, and that's worth 10 or 15 pounds. Like if I, I would easily trade 10, 15, 20, 30 pounds for a life that is full of nourishment. I'm free to eat out. I'm free to have social gatherings with friends without feeling like, you know, I'm the isolated one who can't do anything or participate in anything like that alone is worth it. Even if you, you know, in, in most they do see improvements. They do see their symptoms, you know, greatly reduced. They do see their inflammation go down. They do see the weight, you know, even out eventually, but it's like, even if you don't, don't you want that freedom to just be able mm. to eat things that for so long you thought were not okay. And mm. to just rejoice in that alone, even if nothing else ever happens. Mm. Yeah, it's really, this is just enough on, on another tangent is, and I was talking to Kate, we were talking about this, about clients that we've managed to actually, and again, I'm not saying this is the right approach. This is just an approach with certain clients that they've been women that tracked and they didn't have the health issues that you had though. They just were like real severe under eaters. Mm-hmm. And we've managed to like get their calories up like from 1400 to 2000 with no weight gain but only because they tracked everything and ate pretty much the same thing and increased it very gradually. So I think it is possible depending on your history, but again, it takes that real um, strict tracking, but again, that's not also right for some people. Like some people need to just go, I'm not tracking. I'm just going to eat and accept the weight gain. It's like, it's just this, Mm -hmm. there's no really one size fits all. I don't think you've just got to, don't you like you got to go what do I need what what is it that I need right now but again like if you really don't want to gain body fat like if that's your and again I'm not saying that this is not right because there's women that go well kitty I just don't want to gain any much weight like that's just you know the closer you track and more gradually increase your calories because I'm sure you guys have seen it women come in and they're like averaging 1400 calories and they just jack their calories right up to 2000 Mm -hmm. and of course they put on body fat Mm -hmm. exactly oh yeah Yes. Yeah, that was me. I mean, that my personality needed kind of the overnight jump <laughs> because it was like, I, I was ready. I mean, I was just ready. I was ready to live life. Didn't really matter. I mean, gosh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I wasn't really going to see anyone anyway. It's like, if I was going to, if I was going to gain weight, <laughs> might as well be now I'm stuck at home, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, that, I, I think I could have probably reduced my weight gain some, but I felt comfortable 
Like I need to go all in. This is what I need to do. My body needs this, you know, improvement. I've got three kids. I can't be tracking all day long. You know, it just Mm. didn't. And that's okay. Mm. That's okay. You know, it's, I think, I I think that, you know, women dive into both things and it just, you have to, you have to have the mental capacity to accept one or the other and be okay with it. I think you nailed that too. So I think where women come undone is they go, well, I don't want the weight gain. I'm not ready for it, but I also don't want to track. Mm. You know, right. like, yeah, and I think, yeah, and it's like you, you, I think too, like you, a lot of women, it's like you'll just actually feel better if you just gain some weight. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it'll be quicker. Like you're just going to feel better quicker if you do it. But they're like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. But it's again, it's that weighing it up. Like, what is it that you want? And you, like, you're really good, I think, at taking ownership. Like you're not sitting here going, Thank you. This fucking diet isn't working. This pre-metabolic diet. You're, you're like, okay, I fucked myself from years of dieting. I'm ready now right. to do the work. I'm ready for the weight gain. I'm going all in. I'm taking mm. ownership. And like, I've never once heard you whinge and moan about this is someone else's fault or mm. like you're very open about your journey. And yes, I am struggling, but I also mm-hmm. accept that this is what I need to do to get to where I want to be, to improve. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you know? that. Because I mean, you guys would see it. Oh yeah, I oh I I I think that something else she does is like it's not what am I doing wrong. That's not the focus. It's not what am I doing wrong. It's what is my physiology doing right now. It's like what is what does my body need to be doing right now. And that's that's the difference in the mindset. Like that's what she that's what she offers and what I see just exuding out of her. So it's it's a really it's such a blessing to have that kind of a voice in here. Mm, Absolutely, I appreciate that. At the end of the day, I think you've got to go like, like, and I know this isn't the same, but going back to wanting to have a baby, I was like, well, I do still want to stay an athlete, but right now what I want to do is have a fucking baby. So <laughs> I just have to do what I have to do. Like, this is what I have to do to go down this path. And even though I may not love it because I loved what I was doing before, it's like, well, suck it, suck it, suck it up, kitty. Like mm-hmm. enjoy it, try and embrace it, try and you know, appreciate it for what it is and this experience that it's going to be and just be like, I mean, in my head, I think, what do I need to do? Like I said to Emma, just tell, what do Mm -hmm. you think I need to do to get there? What's the optimal way? You know, she's had two kids and it's like, okay, well, I'm just doing this. This is what it is. You know, like probably like you, you're like, well, this is what I need to do. I'm just going to enjoy Mm -hmm. it and I'm going to try and embrace it. And yes, there'll be times when I, I mean, it's not the same with me, but like there's times when you think, fuck, I hate this weight gain. Like, but mm-hmm. you most of the time are trying to focus on the positive things and, you know, the yummy, delicious. And look, let's face it, right. 27% body fat isn't overweight. Right, mm-hmm. right. I know. You it's know that again. Standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, yeah. Like, this is what we're talking about now is like what really is that you're not overweight. That's the thing. Right. You're not. Mm-hmm. You're healthy. Right. It looks crazy. You know, if I, let's say, let's say I started out at 240 pounds, let's just yeah. say. And yeah. I drop down to the weight I'm at now. It yeah. would be like this huge success story, right? I know. Weight is just, it's just so subjective. You know, how I you know. see people, it's ridiculous. These standards that we, you know, try to live up to, it's just crazy. Yeah, that is so true. Because it's like you just, you're comparing to the old, which mm-hmm. is not healthy. Exactly. I don't want to be that person anymore. Yeah. And just like the actual person instead of just, I mean, I love what you said way earlier about how you're talking about your husband. You were saying, I don't even think he would notice that unless I told him I gained weight. I don't even think he would notice because what the husband notices, what our partners notice is, whoa, her sex drive came out of nowhere. You know, she's no longer snapping at me. 
She is calm. She's not stopping at the kids. She has energy to clean the house. So it's you, what your husband notices is like just a mound of, of a difference in just who, how you show up on a day-to-day basis. You know, I can't imagine um, that being this minor, minor, minor thing that anybody really notices when they see how you're transforming into another woman, just because you're well-nourished now. So in the piece of what Kitty was saying of, you know, how, you know, some people need to go in quicker. I really think it's for that reason. It's, it's like, do, are you so undernourished right now that your body just so desperately needs just to self-regulate, like literally just to self-regulate your mood. Um, and, and accepting that and, and accepting the wins of, okay, here's what I can achieve faster. Here's how I can show up as a better person on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, temporarily accepting or long-term accepting what your body needs to do, um, as, as a result of jumping in quickly. And some, you know, it's not a mistake to jump in quickly. I totally agree that some people need to do it. And even when I was incorporating dairy, uh, you know, last summer, I could not stop eating it. Oh my gosh. I could not stop eating it. And was I going to stop myself? No, I, (laughs) I wanted, I wanted it and I needed it. And I, I just pounded it. Um, I think I probably ate three fourths of a block of cheese, like a large block of cheese a day, very expensive habit by the way. But I eventually, (laughs) eventually self-regulated down where I wasn't craving it as much. Yeah. Cause you've really had it for so long. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, it is. It's this, it's, and you know, like Fallon, you'll probably never be back at 50, like whatever it is. Like I actually, like oh. a while back, a few years back, I just threw out all these clothes. Cause I was like, yeah. I had this dress that I gave to April. I remember I bought it in Dubai. It was this silk. It was beautiful. It had this great corset in it. I couldn't even get it over my thighs now. <laughs> I was like, how the fuck did I fit into this? So I just had this massive clean out. I was like, I'm never going to fit into those clothes again. Like this is, you know, I'm just big and jacked and muscly and, you know, holding my body for now. Like this is just who, like never going back there, you know. So, like It's so freeing to get rid of all the old clothes that you're not going to fit into. That's what I tell one of my biggest pieces of advice to women that are gaining weight and they're like, oh, I don't want to buy new stuff. I'm like, buy new stuff. You cannot be comfortable if you're squeezed, like if you can't even like fit into your pants, that's, that's miserable. Just go to the thrift store or something, get some stuff that fits. Like it's going to be fine. <laughs> oh, totally. Totally. Cause I think it's like, you know, it's, there's body fats and body weights that are never sustainable for you, for, for women. And it's accepting that and really looking at it and going like, can I really like sustain this really? you know, like being honest with yourself mm. and just accepting and going, oh, you actually, that's what I was going to say about the husbands. It's like Craig always says to me, he's like, oh, I love it when you're fatter. He's like, when you've got more body fat, your ass all jiggly. He's like, you have this mm-hmm. big ass, it's really big. I won't tell you exactly what he says. But <laughs> And women message me actually whenever I post about that, they're like, oh, oh, that's so interesting. My husband's the same. He loves my body when I'm like more curvy. And so it's like we've got this fucked up idea in our head that we need to be lean and, you know, like, totally totally my whole mindset my whole mindset has changed on what I see as like a healthy body now you know years ago it would have been being just shredded Mm. you know being able to see an eight pack and now I'm like I don't I don't see that as as healthy or thriving at all like I want Mm. curves that's what I want I want voluptuous Mm. curves Mm. um and it's so biological for men to desire that anyways I mean that's they are, they're, they're attracted to curves. They just are. 
Yeah, like they're like musclies. It's like another guy, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You've got more muscles than me. Now let's talk about, because I, I get a lot of comments from women. I don't know if you guys get this too, but yeah, but Kitty, you've never been overweight. Like you've always been tiny. You've restricted. What about me who's, you know, 100 kilos, you know, 45% body fat, does need to lose, get still get healthy but lose body fat, Um you know, is it the same process? And like, we've got lots of women actually in our program who've lost 10, 20, up to 30 kilos, you know, and their problem was always similar to ours, but we were just better at restricting, you know, and Mm -hmm. and these women just restricted then would binge and binge and drink and binge. And so the weight would come on and there was a lot of deep seated, you know, we talked about this trauma, unpacking the trauma and why they're turning to the alcohol. But you know, the process is the same. Like I told you guys about Sean, one of our best um, physical and I'd say mental transformations because she really has done a lot of work on herself and her relationships and she's identified why she would turn to the alcohol because she always said, I never felt like I was smart enough or good enough. And, mm. you know, every time something happened, I'd just go and drink and eat food and binge. And she's lost like nearly 30 kilos, eating 2,400 calories a day, only strength training three days a week. She looks so healthy. Her skin glows, you know, um, and it's the same. But she had to mm. focus on eating consistently and balancing her blood mm-hmm. sugar and eating the oysters and eating the carrot salad and getting enough adequate calories, um, you know. So let's talk about women who are at the other end of the scale. Like, mm. is it the same process? What do you mm. guys think? I'd say I think absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. It's, go ahead, Corey. Oh, I didn't even realize you were trying to talk. I'm so sorry. (laughs) We do this this a lot with each other. Um, Yeah, I think what the key word you said was consistency and and really learning, really unpacking and really learning, okay, why was that cycle there in the first place? I mean, just I always say that this journey in general is not for the the faint of heart because it it kind of just digs up a lot of... um, a lot of yucky stuff, a lot of, a lot of trauma, a lot of mindset, a lot of childhood habits that we learned from our parents, maybe, or caretakers. I mean, we just, it all comes out. It all just like, it's like a gross wound that just comes to the surface and we, we actually really have to address it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it can be totally scary for someone who is on the other end of the spectrum and hears, you know, the, the phrase healing pounds or safety pounds. And that just really, is, uh, scary. It's terrifying them actually. Um, because they want to go the sustainable route, but they are just like, I don't, I don't think I can possibly gain, you know, another pound I'm ready to start losing, but we really have to understand what has to happen for weight loss to be achieved in the first place. And a lot of these women, in fact, I've never seen a client or a course student that, you know, came in and said they were ready to lose weight, but could physically lose weight at that point because they still had, you know, irregular cycles or painful, painful cycles or weren't sleeping through the night. And so, um, it's just so important to, I mean, yes, absolutely. The process is the same. And, um, it's so important to have those realistic expectations of, okay, what does it actually take to lose weight in the first place? Why is this weight here in the first place? It's here, you know, because of safety and because of my history. And, um, so just unpacking all that is, like I said, it's not for the faint of heart, but it's just, it's so worth it in the end because it is the most sustainable, the most sustainable path. Um, what would you say, Fallon? Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, regardless of whether you're needing to maybe gain or lose long-term, 
if your body needs to find safety, it needs to find safety. So you don't, you know, just because you're already overweight, doesn't magically mean that your body is going to find safety any quicker. Because I mean, we look at so many women that have gone through, you know, programs like the two of yours and sure they might be overweight, but they've been eating what a thousand calories, 1400 calories for years and years and years. And, you know, like the things we've talked about, maybe they're carrying all this trauma or the stress or a toxic environment in terms of, you know, relationships or even like actual toxins, you know, maybe they've got exposure to, you know, chemicals or whatever it is. And just because your, your body's already overweight doesn't ex- exclude you from needing to find safety. So mm-hmm. that might need to happen. You know, I, I think that a lot of women ask like, well, does it have to happen? Is it a guarantee? Well, no, but your body might need to find safety and you just, you have to be okay with that. It's like, you know, if people, I'm sure you guys get this question all the time. It's like, is this method for weight loss? Well, the answer is yes, maybe not tomorrow, <laughs> but yes, like the most sustainable long-term weight loss and healthy weight is going to come through this approach. And I think that, you know, women just have to, uh, I mean, like you've said, Corey, it's not for the faint of heart. They have to be aware that this is the long game. This is not like Mm -hmm. keto. You're going to lose weight in two weeks. That's just not, it's not an immediate weight loss. It's a Mm long-term in it for the long haul type lifestyle. And you have to find safety in order for that to happen. But it's a hell of a lot longer than spending fucking 30 years doing quick fix diets. Like that's what women say. Oh, it takes yes. too long. I'm like, yeah, but what's the alternative? The exactly. alternative is, is you spend the rest of your life trapped in these diets, either restricting and then binging. Like there's this, we do, you know, talked about these round tables we do. And this is an example of a, of a larger lady. She's 111 kilos and she got on our round table and she's like, Kitty, I just feel like I just can't be consistent. And I'm like, something happened. I said, well, what, tell me what happened. And she's like, oh, well, you know, I'd done the challenge for four weeks. And I think because it's a challenge, even though our challenges aren't about weight loss, they're about, you know, like tracking your food and bringing your calories up and being consistent and teaching you the fundamentals. She's like, I was really focused for 12 weeks. And then now I've come and signed up for a year. She's like the enormity of going, well, this is going to take me more than a year is made me go, okay, like, I don't know if I can do it. And I said, well, what specifically has happened to make you think that? And she mm. said, well, I went to this bar, I, I, you know, because we teach women, like, because they're really busy, prep your food, get it ready, you know, have meals in advance, you know, have some snacks ready so that you just can balance your blood sugar and be organized. She's like, I did all that and I, I was doing really well. And I got to Friday, I went to this barbecue and I was like, well, what happened? And she's like, well, instead of eating my whatever she had to eat, she's like, I ate a chop and a sausage and some potato salad. And I had one glass of champagne and I said, and then what happened? And she said, well, the next day I just went straight back to my normal pro-metabolic eating and I ate for the rest of the weekend. And I said, so what's the problem? And she's like, well, I had that one meal. I said, yeah, but what would you have done previously? And she said, well, previously what we would have done is gone, well, I fucked it. So mm. I didn't specifically stick to my exact plan. So I would have binged all weekend and mm. gone through the, you know, the dish, what's the saying? Throw the baby out with the dishwater. You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. You know, you got one flat tire slash the rest. And then she said, I just start again Monday. And I said, so you've just broken 17 years of conditioning. Whoa. And I said, you should be like celebrating. This is fucking mm-hmm. incredible. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think these women that are like, she's like 111 kilos. You don't know. And that's something, another thing that annoys me a little bit. is like, you don't get to 111 kilos eating 1200 calories. It's impossible. It, it mm-hmm. Like if I tape like Fallon, you've probably genuinely ate 1200 calories and you rarely right. binge. That's why you were small. It's just that these women, and I've been there when my weight fluctuates, you binge more than you can restrict. 
and they put on and she's like yeah you're Good right point. I used to eat all weekend and then I'd go back to my 1200 calories so yes right. your metabolic rate has down regulated which mm. means that you know I find when women come into our program we find their maintenance calories and it's like well you have to just sit at that maintenance calories for a bit so we can fix all your issues so sleep you know the, the hormonal imbalances so which means you're not going to lose any weight hopefully you won't gain weight we'll just try and keep you at a at a good place where you're feeling good and then when everything's better and your calories have come up and you've maintained your weight we can go okay cool but now how are we going to get the fat off like do we just move a little bit more do we create a small calorie deficit you're going to strength train you know because if you ate 1200 calories for the rest of your life you wouldn't be 112 kilos. Like it just doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, I think for these women like that, it's getting them out of this res- this cycle of I've got to see quick results. And she was saying that her friend's like, oh, so have you lost any weight yet? And, mm. and she's like, no. And it's really hard to explain to them what I'm doing, you know, because mm-hmm. I said for you, I think <laughs> just right now, you need to establish these good healthy eating patterns and establish moderation. <laughs> so mm. you went to that party and you practice moderation. You ate a few things you enjoyed. You ate till you're full. You had one glass of champagne instead of five bottles. Mm-hmm. Well done. Like, you know, it's it's this, I think we have this, and I used to be the same. It's this extremist mentality. It's all or nothing. I'm going all in eating 1,200 calories or I fucked it and I'm going to go and eat 10 pizzas and exactly. <laughs> a tub of yep. ice cream. So I think for the bigger women, it's really breaking that cycle down of that extremism, I think. Mm. Um, and it took me a while to do that to practice moderation because I'm just not a moderation person. It's all or nothing, <laughs> you know, like, but I'm yeah. better now, obviously, because I just, you know, know that, well, I can't ever eat 1200 calories again, but would you guys agree with that? Oh, totally. Okay. And I, what I noticed about that girl's story, that woman's story is the fact that talking about extremist, um, coming from an extremist mindset, what I, what I am used to hearing is, okay, you go to the party then the next day it's nothing but salads. It's nothing but juice or you're just starving yourself and you're punishing yourself. It's, it's a binge and then punish, like make a martyr out of yourself because you enjoyed yourself, you know, at a party. And so I love that she just went right back into, I get this question all the time of like, what do you do? What do you do if, you know, you eat, well, you know, whatever, like some, yeah. something that's, that's great, you know, something your body is totally not used to. I'm like, you do absolutely nothing. You just can't, you just go right back into, yeah. what you know, is a healthy habit. There's no need to punish yourself. There's no need to mm-hmm. do, do water fasts. You know, there's just, it's, it's, you just go right back into it and you, you don't punish yourself. And so, yeah, that's what I noticed about that woman's story. And I love that she Me is too. already breaking those, those yeah. cycles. And, um, I mean, gosh, speaking of, eating low calorie. I remember quite a while ago, I was watching one of these, I don't know why I got into these series, but it was like dietitian reviews this person's, um, full day of eating just because I thought it was entertaining. And I remember, do you know who Kelly Ripa is? I've heard Cause I don't know. I figured, I don't know if that, this is a name over in Australia, but she just is a, is a big TV personality. And, um, anyway, she was just going through, she's extremely, extremely lean, super lean, kind of like one of the, she's known for really how, how fit she is. Mm. And I think this is, I mean, I remember my, my own mom and just hearing a lot of moms talk growing up going, Oh, that's my, that's my goal body. That's my ideal body. When I'm her age, I want to look exactly like that. I think she's maybe mid fifties. I'm not really sure, but Anyway, she went through a full day of eating. I don't think there was more than, than 500 calories in, in the day of eating. And I'm like, and she even said, she said, I do not, I don't really cheat. This is exactly what I eat because 
this is what I want to look like. And it was, it was interesting reading through the comments of the YouTube video because they were like, I'm actually, I'm actually really glad she's being transparent that, you know, this is what she eats, um, to achieve, you know, this, her body looking like this, Mm. it just gives a better, you know, isn't it? It's insane, but it goes back to, okay, you know, the, for these people that have been, been in it so long, it's not, it's not eating 500 calories a day, every single day, it's slowing down your whole metabolic rate and then binging. And how can we break that cycle yeah. and get back to nourishment? Yeah. Cause you don't like, I just, and like, I might, some people might listen to this and just go, uh, you know, let me, I just say what I think, but we've we, literally Craig and I've worked with thousands of women and like, you can't get to 110 kilos eating 1200 calories. You can't, that mm. woman looks like it's the binge. And every time we question them more and dig a bit deeper, they're like, yep, kitty, I've just been binge eating. And we're like, okay, come on. We've just got to get you eating more. Let's eat 2000 calories a day. Just eat two, I know it feels like a lot, but it's not really because overall your calorie and you're eating shit food too. You know, they're binging on the pufas and all the other, and they're drinking alcohol. So when they finally eat more and they're like, okay, look, I know you're not losing weight initially, but then they do lose weight with, if they be consistent, you know, once they fix their issues um, and it, ta- it takes consistency, like, you know, we always try and encourage in our program, like it's a small calorie deficit because you have to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight, but it's how you create it. That's important and where you start from. So if you start from a fucked place, you can't cut your calories. You have to be in a good place. And then, mm. you know, if we say to them, let's just do a calorie deficit of two to 300 of calories a day, we'll do it for 12 weeks, you know, go for a walk every day, do your strength training. And if they're consistent, it works, but it's when they don't be consistent and then they go and eat, you know, a thousand calories in the weekend. I'm like, well, you, you, you've just, now your maintenance calories is high. There is calories are important. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I get frustrated in the pro-metabolic community. How about people go, it's not important. It's all important. All mm-hmm. of it's important. Calories, micronutrients, stress, everything. Cause I think it's mm-hmm. like, so it's the individual and where they're at and what they need. And, you know, so many women, they're like, oh, I'm eating enough. I'm eating enough. I'm like, track your food for a day and show me. You're eating a thousand <laughs> calories. This isn't enough. And I can tell they're eating a thousand calories because they're tiny. You know, they're mm. like under 60 kilos. And it's like, you, well, you're not, mm. you know, or you're underestimating. I'm under eating during the week and I'm eating like 5,000 calories in the weekend and these binges, you know, which down regulates your metabolism. Then you eat all this shit food. So your body just goes, oh, I'm just going to hold on to everything. You know, it's just really is, isn't it? It's like learning moderation and consistently mm. consistency mm-hmm. and eating more food consistent, consistently because it's not quick. And you're just like, oh, I've just got to stick with this. And that's what's hard, I think. Because mm-hmm. like you say, you never get really, you get more instant results, not instant, but quicker results in, I think, how you feel. Sleeping, right. period stuff, don't you reckon? But then it's the body, which everyone... And I'm not, I'm not sure if you guys get this too, but we have women come in and they'll be okay for a while and then or something will happen and someone will comment on their weight or mm-hmm. something will happen in their life and they've been fine. And then all of a sudden they have this breakdown going and they forget about all the great work they've done and how mm-hmm. they're sleeping and they're not, you know, they've, they've got better moods and their periods normalized or their menopausal. And they're all of a sudden they're like, I don't want to be fat anymore. They say that they're fat. I just want to get the weight off. This isn't working, mm-hmm. you know? What did you call it, Fallon? What did you call the phrase? You said it. You were like describing that that kind of like mental cycle, the spiral um, mm. that mm. is easy to go down. What did you call it? I don't remember. Maybe a domino effect or something like that, where well, it's like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. 
No, you go. So what, what do you think some good, because I think women, they do well for a while and then they have these brain explosions. Like someone will comment on mm. their, not brain explosions at the right words, but, you know, something will trigger them and then all of a sudden they forget about all of the great stuff that's happened and all they focus on is that they don't look like they want to look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think something that's been helpful for me. So first in terms of, you know, talking to someone who wants to, to start this journey, I'll, I'll start there first. You know, I'll get messages from women who basically are saying something along the lines of like, I'm terrified to gain weight is usually the, the terminology that they use is I'm, I'm terrified to gain weight. And it's like, okay, let's break down a, a couple of things here. First of all, you, you have to choose at the end of the day, you have to choose, are you going to pursue weight loss or are you going to pursue health? Because most of the time, you know, for, for a society like ours, where, you know, women are under eating and like, it's not always, a you, you kind of have to choose like upfront, are you going to be willing to see your body go through some changes in order to see long-term health? Because you, you just have to have like the mindset to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in terms of, you know, you're already, let's say you're already in your healing journey and you're having this meltdown. It's like, uh, because I've had those, <laughs> I've had those so many times. It's like, what am I doing? And you just have to get objective with yourself. You, even if that means literally sit down and make a, a list. Okay. These are the improvements that I've seen physically. These are the improvements I've seen in my mood and my temperatures, you know, my objective and subjective measures. Like you got, you got to just write it down. Then you have to also have someone on the outside looking in. So for me, that's been my husband where I say, okay, what was my mood like before I started this? And what is it like now? And how often did I complain about what food I couldn't eat then And, you know, how much joy do I find in my food now? So I think you really have to get objective with yourself and just say, okay, these markers have improved and maybe the weight gain is a bit of a struggle for me still, but what's worth it? Is it more worth it for me to have 10, 15 extra pounds for a season or to feel like crap for the rest of my life? I mean, you, you just have to kind of power through it. Sort of like you were saying, Kitty, it's like, we sort of did this to ourselves. So now you just have to choose. Am I going to have the willpower to accept the fact that my worth and my identity is not defined by the scale and that I want to live a vibrant, healthy life and eat the food that I love. And then you just have to choose and stick with it. I mean, you just kind of have to give yourself pep talks (laughs) periodically. (laughs) Like this is how much better I feel. And that's it. The weight, the weight doesn't matter. Your body's going to find its safe place. You just have to let it get there. I like that idea about the list. I think because women, uh, I'm just not trying to say this the right way. I'm just going to say it like, oh, because I'm a female. Like we can be, Craig, because Craig works with all these females and he has mm-hmm. some male clients and women, we're more emotional. We're more emotional creatures. And he's, and he's like, you know, he, he said so many, and I've done this too when we've had fights about, you know, you go to the extreme, oh, this always happens or you always do this, you know, like, and he's like, <laughs> I don't always do that. Like, you know, we just go from this one, you know, zero to a hundred and everything's bad, but you're right. Like being objective and really sitting down and looking at the, look at the facts. Let's get out of the emotions and look at right. the facts look mm-hmm. at all these amazing things. I like the thing about the list because that's something you could go back to and go, okay, if I'm feeling, right. there's nothing wrong with having feelings. Absolutely sure. nothing. Right. But you can let them spiral and you can get into this, like you say, like terrible headspace or you can sit back mm-hmm. and go, okay, I'm going to acknowledge those feelings and yet yeah, it's okay to feel this, but I'm going to go back to the facts. What are the yes. facts? And that pulls you back and helps you stay the course and reminds you of why you're doing what you're doing and all of the good things. And like, there really isn't any other way. There isn't, ladies. Right. <laughs> Trust coming from three women who've done everything probably between us. I mm-hmm. even took that drug where you shit out the fat that you eat. 
That was disgusting. Your poo was like this oily orange color. It was gross. I took duramine. I was addicted to speed for like years. I just used to love it because it would not make me hungry and I'd smoke, you know, like there is no way to like you just can't maintain super lean body and like you can be healthy and eat a decent amount of food and be within a healthy body fat range. And if you want to be a bit leaner, do some strength training. But I just don't think that it's possible to like be super lean and super skinny and not suffer. Like it's not, there's no way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? (laughs) Totally. I love that Fallon phrase it in a way of you have to make a choice at some point because that's exactly what it comes down to. Mm. There's no like, you know, even if you had, even if, even if you had like a hundred, you know, before and after transformational testimonials, like at Mm. some point there is going to be something that somebody says that if you weren't ready for it could trigger you. And at that point, cause everyone has their own journey where they have to get over the mental block where their weight is their identity or that they see it as their, as their, as their marketer, marker of health. I was so glad that I went through the healing pound journey, even though it was, it was shorter. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I get, it was a breakthrough moment for mm-hmm. me of, of breaking breaking um, a connection that I did not know was there of that pseudo confidence that Fallon was speaking about of, of I had confidence in my body because I looked great, not knowing it was because it was society's standard of, of looking good and my standard of looking good. And so when I got to break that was when I just no longer thought about what my body looked like. Um, I talk about this with my core students as well, of just like my, I used to ask my husband, a weekly basis, like, Hey, what, what would you change about that? Like, should I grow my glutes more? Like, what do you, what what would I just constantly, like, it was crazy. Even though it was just one person I was asking, how unhealthy is that to just like care so much about how he sees me? And I thought it was healthy at the time. It was in our first year of marriage. I was like, I was like, this is healthy. I'm, I, I want to look good for my husband, according to his, you know, I, w- I want him to think I, I look good. Um, when the subject, like the topic of my physical body now, I don't even remember the last time we talked about it. Like I, it's been, mm-hmm. it's probably been, been years, honestly, mm-hmm. since that was even a, like something that came out of, you know, his mouth or my mouth, because when we got to break that cycle, it was just something that was not thought about as much, you know, it was, I, I, I got through that. And then it's like, I could make that transition to focus on how I feel. Um, and that, that's something that everyone has to make a choice at some point of, am I going to, like I, like Fallon said, Mm. am I going to focus on my health or am I going to focus on weight loss? You know, making that, making that decision, you have to make it. And it's a hard decision to make. Everyone kind of goes through the moment. I went through it too, where I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to eating what I was eating before, because I care more about what I looked like back then. Like everyone goes through that that, that big question. Um, so I've been there too, you know, Fallon and I've talked about how she's been there too. And it's, it's, yeah, it's just something that you have to, it's this whole hump you have to get over. But once you're over there, I'm not saying you're never going to struggle with it the rest of your life, but the, but what you are focusing on is, is inner health from there on out. And that dictates your entire vitality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you like- have to keep in mind, it's not a one and done thing. You know, you don't just get to this place of acceptance and then you never deal with it again. Like you have to preach it to yourself 
that, you know, my identity and my worth is not found here. And I love, mm-hmm. I, you guys probably know, uh, Teresa, uh, she living mm-hmm. roots wellness is her Instagram. Yeah. She's a gem man. She's such, she's wonderful. She had a quote from one of her, uh, she does these tapping videos. Um, and she, I'll never forget this. She said, I was so busy feeling beautiful that I forgot what I looked like. And that just resonated with me so much because you just think about, you know, I don't know. I think about the beauty that I see in other people and very infrequently am I focusing on what they actually look like. I'm thinking about their character. I'm thinking about the way that they treat people and serve people and just these, you know, these beauty standards that we've erected are just really meaningless, honestly. I mean, like, it's not, it's not an accomplishment to be pretty, you know, like it's not an accomplishment to be naturally beautiful. Like that's, that's wonderful. That's a, a great thing. But like, is that really what matters? You know, that that's not why we connect with people. That's not why we love people. So you just have to preach that to yourself day in and day out. If you're walking this weight gain journey, it's like, you have to, you have to remind yourself that this is not, this is not the, you know, the goal of your life is not to be thin and pretty. Do you mm. think though, I get a lot of comments from women. And I notice it like in other people is when they eat permanent, they just look healthier. Like their mm-hmm. skin, you know, like I said to you, Fallon, your skin looks so good. You know, mm, you just thank look, you. Help you guys, you look vibrant. You, you know, I think my skin's better mm. now that in my, I mean, I've got lines obviously, but like now than it was in my twenties because I was eating so much shit. And when I was skinny, like you just, your face looks drawn and you, you, you look mm-hmm. at people now who go through this, their skin looks vibrant. It looks healthy. The hair's really thick. You know, you just mm-hmm. look. Um, and I think too, like, I don't know, like I think there's nothing wrong with taking pride in how you look and wanting to be a degree mm. of just feeling comfortable in your skin. Like I think, you can also go the other way. Like I enjoy feeling strong. Like I enjoy that, mm. but I don't anymore want to be super lean because I'm like, oh, I just can't deal with that. I, don't, I can't not eat like food now. I'm just, I value <laughs> sleeping and having energy rather than looking really lean. But I think if you just, like you say, once you fix all your health issues and if you find activity that you enjoy, you know, it might be strength training, like not all, not all, women I know strength training like I've got this friend that does like roller derby and she's healthy she's at a healthy body weight like find activity that you like get sun I mean strength training is beneficial I think as you get older for most women but like your body's just going to naturally look healthy and anyway like it's going to regulate to this sort of more healthy body fat you know like without you actually even trying but when you're trying to force it that's when exactly. I think the issues are. Cause like I look at the women in our program who've really come in and gone, okay, really going to focus on being consistent with my nutrition. They're like, and we've gradually upped their calories and they really love the lifting and they upload all their videos and they really enjoy the challenge of going, Oh, I just want to become a better lifter. And Oh, look, Kitty, I've mastered my deadlift and slowly the fats come off and they look healthy and they're happy and they're eating over 2000 calories a day, but it's because they focused on like, I guess the lead measure, not the lag measure of the weight. Mm-hmm. And then it just becomes their natural lifestyle. Like they just enjoy being consistent and eating every three hours and eating their liver and their oysters and the, you know, yummy food. And they'll go and have, you know, like the sourdough pizza, but instead of eating a whole pizza, they'll just eat four slices, you know, cause they're not mm-hmm. in that. It's sort of this, isn't it? It's switching your, it's so hard to, you've got to switch from the end goal to what is it that I, what are the habits what are the behaviors? What are the, what's the lifestyle I need to live? How do I need to nourish my body? Cause then naturally your body's just going to look better anyway. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's hard though. It is hard to. Yeah. I think it just slowly moves down on the priority list is really all that happens. Like mm-hmm. fitness industry says your weight, how you look 
that's mm-hmm. your top, top, top priority. And mm-hmm. then you'll notice as you, as you go along this journey, it just kind of moves further down. And all of a sudden you're like, cause you don't really know how much you value your sleep until you realize what a good night of sleep is. And then you're like, Whoa, I kind of, that's kind of the (laughs) kind of a big priority for me now, now that I know how I feel and you kind of value your energy more than anything or your sex drive. I mean, that things kind of shift around. And I think that's, that's a really beautiful part of the journey is like that, that process, um, you know, without even really trying, sometimes things just kind of naturally gravitate and you reprioritize and, um, yeah, it's just, it's really, really cool. Yeah. Like I could just never go back like to that being hungry all the time. It mm-hmm. actually scares me a bit. Like, I think I've just, I'm damaged from the too many years of starving myself, you know, and the sleep. Mm. That's another thing is the sleepless nights. Mm. Cause you just can't, cause we just, you under eat. If I ever don't eat enough, instantly my sleep shit. Yeah. like that same night I just know I'm like oh that's why I like sort of semi track now because I just need to, I nearly need to eat a lot of food to maintain my sleep mm-hmm. exactly if you eat if I under eat I'm like oh I just wake up I wake up I sleep mm-hmm. don't sleep enough mm-hmm. just rubbish yeah yeah I think once you really get into this you're like you can never go back <laughs> so no because you can so clearly pin- pinpoint it like you said like mm-hmm. most people they're like man I slept so bad last night that, and then that's, that's the thought it's just, it's just done there. But if you've been in this for a while, you're like, no, I know exactly. I know exactly why I didn't sleep well. And I'm going to fix that the next time. Cause I can learn from my mistakes and, mm. and I know what it's like to nourish my body now. Mm. Yeah. Just eat more food, eat the carbs. I have this <laughs> friend of mine, she's got a couple of businesses. We've known her since we owned the gym and she had like thyroid issues and her hair was falling out and she came in and ate all the food and then fell pregnant. And now she's got these two businesses and she's the typical, like she gets really stressed and then under eats. Mm. And um, she just messaged me the other day. And she's like, Oh my God, I just can't sleep. I can't sleep. And I said, you need to eat more food. I've been telling you fucking ages need more food. <laughs> but she eats the right food. She just doesn't eat enough. And I'm like, put your food in what you're eating in my fitness pal for a day. And I'm, and I, she put it in and like, she's eating like, you know, under 1500 calories. I'm like, Mm. running two businesses you got a kid I said you I said you're gonna eat 2,000 at least I said make a meal plan in my fitness pal eat this I said have lots of salt you know drink more juice you know sip on the adrenal cocktail during the day she slept like nights and nights of no sleep and then she messaged me yesterday saying oh, I'm finally sleeping and I'm not feeling anxious anymore and like <laughs> there it is it's <laughs> yeah. more food mm-hmm but it, she was, she actually, she sent me this message saying someone had suggested it her to take, I don't know, something. And instead of like, obviously doing the food and she goes, I can't remember exact words. She's like, imagine how many people, Kitty, are just falling off a cliff because shit like this happens and they're not telling them to eat more food and actually fix the underlying mm-hmm. issue. Like, just take this. Right. Exactly. Fix the melatonin mm-hmm. is what the call it. Yeah. Or like right. CBD is all the craze right now oh, i know just, the cbd oil yep yes. yeah one supplement after another to fix all of our issues Val and i talk about that all the time i'm just like wait health and wellness is really simple actually like it's actually pretty simple if we can just reconnect to it oh i know eat enough food eat enough goddamn food for what mm-hmm. your body needs eat mm-hmm. the foods that have nutrients in them that your body can digest it really actually is you're right it's is that simple because mm-hmm. you think it's out uh, the problem is women are just undernourished and underfed and too stressed. Mm-hmm. So the body just after years and years and years just breaks itself down. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, 
really like and too much you know chemicals and stuff as well like that's a stressor obviously too it's really you know like I've seen some women come into our program have taken minimal supplements and had incredible results Mm. you know do you feel like that too like some people just go down this supplement path like I'm not saying supplements aren't good because I do take supplements too I do but my Mm -hmm. diet is solid like but I find some women are like they're just looking they're not quite eating enough or addressing stress or training too much, but they're taking these supplements and going, why am I getting better? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the easy answer, right? Like a supplement is to people seems much easier than this, you know, lifestyle change. You're actually being committed to, you know, eating your oysters and your liver. I mean, a supplement that, mm-hmm. I, that and it, you know, the functional medicine sphere nowadays, really, it's like a, it's, it's, it's like a supplement trade. I mean, really is what it is. It's not even a lot of, a lot of these spheres are pouring so much money into supplements instead of actually focusing on the nutrition. It's like you cut, cut carbs, cut sugar, cut all this stuff. And then here's all these supplements <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's their answer. And it's like, this is completely backwards and a waste of money and time. I think that's what I really, I was talking to Emma. So I was always saying talking to Emma. So I'm always talking to Emma, but what she really likes about <laughs> Ray and what I really like about her and Tomo is they're all about, let's fix the system. Let's mm. fix the thyroid. Let's fix the metabolism because you know, like, as it just says, Mr. Use example, like when someone's low thyroid function, they waste magnesium and salt. So like, if you don't fix the thyroid issue, it's like an empty bucket. You're just supplementing with extra mm. salt and extra magnesium. I'm not saying that you shouldn't supplement with those things, but if you're not actually fixing the issue forever, mm-hmm. you've just got this leaky bucket. Exactly. And I think that's at what so many people do. True. Mm. Fix the, it's harder though to fix the overarching issue it's really hard to sometimes you know address all the stress in your life and the over exercising all these patterns that you've got ingrained because sometimes like you really have to make these big shifts and big changes and that's scary I think for for a lot of people that need a very black and white um kind of easy you know really strict rules and and it'd be kind of like given to them like oh just do you know just take this and do this like and it'd be easy and quick. And I mean, again, it's going back to the quick fix thing. Um, it can be really, really overwhelming. And that's, I really like to, um, just notice and, uh, honor like all the different kinds of personalities out there, but for some, yeah, I mean, it is just incredibly overwhelming for, for them to do an entire lifestyle shift, you know, maybe for them, it, it would be easier to just to focus on, okay, eat breakfast you know, eat breakfast, eat every three to four hours and just start there, you know, just start with like the simple basics and then make the lifestyle changes, you know, as you go along. But, um, but especially if you've whole life doing the opposite of what your body needs for nourishment, then yeah, it is like a total makeover. Um, but it's a good one. Maybe to finish off, we could talk about like some, our top tips, like if you're just starting this, cause I really like what you said there uh Corey is just making one change at a time or some changes like you may just go okay my first I'm not even gonna worry about changing the foods I'm just gonna go I'm gonna eat every three to four hours and eat breakfast and then maybe the next step is I'll introduce the carrot salad and then the next week is I'll start to change some of the foods over like you know perhaps one one piece of advice would be to go slow and make small gradual changes and build on them. What are some other things that you guys think would really help someone who's starting out? I think like the simple thing of, I mean, we talked about tracking earlier and I get tracking is not for everyone, but I think literally just paying attention to what you're eating for three days in a row 
just three days, like just t- pay attention for three days in a row. You could just keep doing your whole, I mean, in fact, I, I encourage you to, to keep it as normal as possible. Right. Um, but just tracking those three days and creating awareness to, to what you're doing. Um, because it is for so many women, like we've mentioned a couple of times in the podcast already is just like, they think they're eating enough. They think that they're well-nourished and then like, wait, what, how did I get under 1500? How did I get under a thousand? Like how, how did this happen so quickly? So having an awareness of, okay, I'm pretty far off from what my body needs. And that alone, I feel like is really, it's a huge, it's a huge light bulb moment for, for many because they're, they feel like crap. Um, so even being able to pinpoint just, oh my gosh, I'm undernourished right now is, is always like the very first tip I give people is, okay, well, how much are you eating? You know, when you, if you can't sleep, if your hair is falling out, if your periods are awful, like just, just that alone, like how much are you eating? You know, Mm. Fallon, what would you say? Yeah. I think to piggyback off that, one of my favorite starting out tips is to, like you said, eat breakfast. And then from there, eat every three or four hours and, you know, don't overstress about macro combining, like, yeah, a carbon and protein, put those together. But usually that does end up getting people to eat more because what, you know, most women in particular, we're living these high stress lives. We've got kids, jobs, whatever. We're not eating every four hours. We might eat every five or six and maybe every eight or 10, depending on if you're caught up in a fasting craze or whatever. So yeah, Mm -hmm. eating every three to four hours for sure. And then it's like, you know, think about, your cravings, because I think they can be really, really helpful in terms of our healing. So, you know, are you craving in terms of real whole foods? Okay. I think, you know, I don't, I think there's something to be said, like, okay, are you craving two pizzas? Don't, don't honor that craving maybe, (laughs) but in terms of real whole foods, what is your body telling you that you need? And then eat those things more frequently, because I think, you know, all of us have been caught up in this health and wellness industry that's saying, eat more salads and eat more lean chicken and eat more almond products and whatever else. And it's like, do you really intuitively want that? Or are you just eating it because someone told you to? So listen to your cravings, eat more frequently. I think that's a great starting place. Mm. I think too, like if with the carbs thing, like if you're scared to eat carbs, it's like, just maybe start with some fruit. Mm. Like just go, I'm going to eat like three serves of fruit or I'm going to try and eat a piece of fruit with every meal and just start mm-hmm. with fruit that you like, or I'm going to allow myself. Cause I think women are so scared to drink juice because mm. it's so full of, sh- they just worried about the sugar, but mm. I just feel like juice is nectar of the gods. <laughs> and have it and see how you feel. Like I always mm. say to women, don't believe me, like just eat more carbs and eat them regularly. And you'll instantly, you'll just you'll feel better and you'll have less cravings. Yeah. What else? Well, I mean, as you're incorporating, I feel like uh, piggybacking off of that, Mm. if you are going, okay, I need to eat or it would be better for me to eat, you know, every three to four hours to balance my blood sugar, as opposed to Mm. waiting five to six, as you eat more frequently, you are going to notice the gap. So even if you don't go the tracking route, like as you eat more frequently, you're going to notice, um, just how undernourished you might be. Because if you're like, oh, I'm not even hungry yet. Or Mm. like, what do I possibly eat? Like, how can I possibly eat five times a day? You know, that's, that's, that's a really key clue that we're not, that we're not eating enough because truly if you eat within, you know, 30 to 40 minutes of waking and you eat every three to four hours after that and, you know, quick bedtime snack, like, Mm. and it's a balanced meal, like 
you know, with enough food, you're pretty much set. And the problem is people are going too long or they're just, mm. you know, it's not a balanced meal. It's like a giant salad with some protein on top and some almonds, you know, where are the carbs in that? And so I love your point of just adding more, um, more fruit and then, um, yeah, just assessing how you feel. Cause I think that your, your body responds, um, so well, whenever you are incorporating things slow like that and just seeing how you feel after, after incorporating certain foods and for a while, yeah, the whole fruits, like instead of jumping straight to juice, like whole fruits might be a way better, a way better option for someone. Actually, I just wanted to pop this in there. Cause I do get this question sometimes. And I don't know if you guys find this with your clients, like women that have actually come from a really severely restricting background. Often I'll find that when they actually start to eat more carbs and more food, their temps and pulses drop and they feel tired because mm. they're so used to running on stress hormones that all of a sudden mm. their body's like that's that and they go oh what's happening what's happening kitty i thought i'm supposed to starting to feel better and i'm like well you're just actually giving your body what it needs so the stress hormones are gone and this totally. is your true metabolic state now which totally. is a good a good thing because it yes you're sort of having to go backwards in a way because it was a false a false mm. metabolic state in a way and then just keep going keep resting you know, things will gradually improve. Cause I think sometimes that, women can be like, oh shit, I feel worse. Yes. <laughs> I crashed hard when I first pursued the healing journey and especially, oh yeah, I totally had the pseudo uh, warmth for a little while. I'm just like mm. sweating all the time, mm. not realizing that my adrenaline was keeping my core body temperature so warm. Mm. Um, and so my temps for sure, they dropped whenever I first started eating like this and then they just had to gradually build itself up. I mean, it's, and so it's kind of cool. Like whenever, whenever you c- try to get to that, you kind of get to that true state. You're like, Oh my, I mean, it's overwhelming, but it's just like, Whoa, this is how my body actually would have been, you know, had I not been just like surviving off of, off of stress hormones, but thankfully stress hormones can give us a lot of symptoms. And so we usually can pinpoint, am I running on stress hormones? You know, mm-hmm. am I, do I have super strong, healthy hair and, strong nails. Am I sleeping through the night? You know, if the answer is no to any of those things. Yeah. You probably are running on, on stress hormones. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that hundred percent happened to me. The crash was, that was difficult. <laughs> that was difficult. But once I was over it, um, oh my gosh, I mean, the, the abundance of energy on the other side is mm-hmm. so worth the, the temporary crash. Mm. Yeah. I remember when I have these epic binges, I'd be just feel so tired. Like mm. back when I was dieting, because all of a sudden my body had all these carbs and I'd just be like, oh, <laughs> and then I'd have this massive sleep. And then I just, you know, started all over again, this vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. <gasps> you, you know what I think is another good, good thing that women can do is like clear out your social media, like mm. have a good fucking clear out, like get rid of all fitness models, the lean shredded fitness models, because seeing that shit every day doesn't help you. It doesn't right. help you. Not at all. That's a good point. Yeah, you got it. You got it. It's like in a way you got to get away from it for a while, I think, until you can get into a better space because it just triggers you. Yes, especially, I mean, you know, if you are on a healing journey and you even have, maybe it's not even on social media, but it's your friends. Mm. This girl over here goes keto. This girl over here tries the new latest and they have that temporary, you know, 
period where they feel better, quote unquote, they feel better, mm. um, you know, cause they're not eating junk or they're, they're losing weight really quickly. And even that can be a total thief of our joy in the process. And so sometimes even setting up boundaries with, with friends, however that looks like with, with you, but just maybe like, you know, not talking about dieting, <laughs> you know, not talking about food 24 seven, um, and how little you're eating and how, how much you're praising yourself for it. Um, you know, just setting up boundaries in general, social media, friends, family, and figuring out what those boundaries look like for you. Mm, yeah. That's such a good point too. Cause I think, yeah, women, sometimes they're friends it, unknowingly, you know, can influence them. And, you know, we, oh, this just reminded me of a client and it breaks my heart actually, cause she was doing so well. She came into our program she's a young woman actually like in her 30s and she's got three kids like early 30s mm. and she'd done the like really heavily restricted like you um Fallon but then had just binged and put on heaps of weight like in lots of pufas like she would just you could tell she'd been eating and drinking she came into the program for a whole year and she's made incredible progress like her body I was just like she sent me some photos and yeah she still had fat to lose but she just had built all this muscle and she was looking Mm. strong and she was looking like great like healthy and she actually quit and I messaged um because she was a friend of one of our big sisters and I said what happened to so-and-so client she's like kitty I said she was looking so great strong and athletic and you know I know she wasn't quite where she wanted to be but she'd made some great changes eating more food and she's like, she just wanted quicker results. She hangs mm. around with all of these women that just do all these quick, quick and she wants to be skinny. She mm. said she used to be skinny and now she looks at, I thought she looked great, healthy, strong. And so she quit and she's gone back to do, I'm like, you've done a whole year. You've done so good. Like, and you know, you're just like, fuck, it just shows that your environment mm. can have so much influence in people over what you do. Totally. You have to be strong. Like you have to be a really strong person. I think you're, you're right. Like you look at successful people and it's it's not that they have incredible willpower. They might do, but they set themselves up to success. Their environment is conducive to success. It's not like they're going like an alcoholic going, I'm just going to go out clubbing every night and surround myself with alcohol, but I'm going to have a really good, you know, like <laughs> willpower. Exactly. You, you can't do that. Yeah. No, I'm, keep going. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go, you go. No, I was just, I, I've noticed that, uh, in my Facebook group, a lot of the girls have, have posted where they live. Um, so they can do meetups and kind of develop mm, new communities. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's so healthy because I have two friends here on the Island who are, have been in the metabolism sphere for a long time. And I was, <laughs> we're all pregnant. Well, one just had a baby, but I was talking to her a few months ago and she was like, man, I only gained like 30 pounds with, that, with my I really want to gain like 50, like really, you know, 50 good pounds and like really just like all that go to just really fatty, rich, you know, breast milk. And I'm like, this would not be socially acceptable in any other circle except for this. Like, and we're sitting here just like slow clapping going, you gain that weight, girl, you know, just talking about raw liver and raw milk. And I'm like, this is, it really is so countercultural. And I, I desire that so much for, for everyone else. Um, so I hope, and, and really you can be that change. Like you can, if you really set your mind to it and create that culture around you, like, I truly believe you will attract the right kind of people. So man, hang in there. If you guys, anybody is listening and does not have that community, um, just start it, you know, just like Mm -hmm. tell yourself, like, I'm going to start this culture. I'm going to create this culture around me 
mm-hmm. people will notice, you know, people will notice that vibrancy. They'll notice that something is different about you, that you just seem to be, um, I mean, like Kitty was describing her clients, just like, just strong and well-nourished and, and vital and, um, just really alive, you know, from the inside out. I mean, people will, they'll notice and they will ask questions about it for sure. Mm, they're like, what are you doing? Exactly. You know, what, what are you doing? I'm just eating food. Like this amazing thing that happens <laughs> when you eat food, like when you stop starving yourself, it is, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it, you know, do you ever look back and think what a fucking idiot, not a fuck that's, I shouldn't say that, but you think like this, <laughs> like what, like it's so make, makes so much sense. You think how the fuck could I have done what I'd like done for mm. so many years and tried all those diets and like, you're like, this just makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like how, how did we're smart, we're smart people, you know, like I have those thoughts frequently. It's like, you know, on the weight gain bit, I think so many women are so frustrated by the weight gain and it's like, okay, it can be hard. Sure. But let's use some common sense for a second, because if you were eating 1200 calories for three years, do you really think you're going to jump up to 2000 calories and not gain weight? I mean, it's just nonsensical to expect that of our body. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why we're expecting this to happen, but you, you've got to, if you're coming from that space, you've got to put on some pounds. Yeah. It's like, it's not this fucking magic pill. Right. Like some women think it's like, like I get messages going, oh, I've just been doing this year. When's the weight just all going to magically drop off? I'm like, well, it doesn't really work. Like, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know right. history and whatever, but I'm like, you know, oh, I've done this kitty for so long. Like I've done this for 12 weeks. When is it just all going to drop off? You know? Totally. I love how Kate talks about in her book when she's like, she references that study where like one degree Celsius, uh, you know, if you just increase your body temperature, one degree Celsius, you're burning, like, I don't want to get the numbers wrong, but maybe like 400 more calories per day, just Mm. from a degree shift. So it's like, okay, if we realize, you know, what needs to foundationally be there, thyroid metabolism, if we just get that, if we can Mm. understand that, like we won't put such unrealistic, hard, depressing, you know, expectations on ourselves. It's just depressing at that point. So if we just can just get the whole big picture, oh man, it's such a more um, enjoyable process. Yeah. Cause like who just doesn't like to eat really <laughs> amazing food? Like how good is sourdough pizza? Oh, oh it's the best. Isn't it? That's so funny. You guys food. ate that last night. That's what I ate last night. It's <laughs> all, there's this incredible place down us, near us called Arlo's. And I was chatting to the guy and I'm like, are you just so busy? I said, everyone needs to know about this place. It is, and then we were just talking about sourdough and, you know, like he <laughs> gave me some extra bread rolls to take home and, oh, oh God, and he puts like truffle oil on the pizza. Oh, and my like, God. I always get like truffle oil, parmesan cheese, mozzarella cheese, basil, ham, Amazing. olives. Oh, what do you guys get? What's your favorite? Pizza. My mouth is watering. That's amazing. I'm I'm a Hawaiian pizza girl. The oh, pineapple love it. Hawaiian combo. Oh, I'm team pineapple on the pizza. <laughs> That's super funny. That's what I made last night. It was a homemade Hawaiian on yeah. sourdough. But usually, I also love the um. Is it just what's it? What's it? What is the basil mozzarella? What do you call that? Margarita. Oh, oh margarita. I love margarita too. Just plain oh, cheese and basil. It's yes. And garlic. And it's so I love easy. Garlic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's like sourdough. Is this like? gift from the gods I don't know like it's like this uh, what about coke let's quickly talk about coke before we you know just piss a few people off and talk about coke <laughs> how many times like I've posted about coke and you just get 
I just don't post about it anymore because sometimes I think I just <laughs> with the comments like right you love a good coke hey come on come Alan out just oh, yeah. About oh yeah yeah me too well it's crazy what people get caught up on I'm like okay I I have an option for a soda now it's made with real cane sugar you know not mm. corn syrup mm. and people can have their judgmental thoughts, but I'm like, okay, first of all, this, this lifestyle is not about perfection. Okay. Mm. It's about freedom. And I'm going to enjoy this from time to time. And it's still a better choice than me, like binging 10 brownies on the weekend. I mean, yeah. Or having a bottle of wine, like how many people would sure. crucified me, but yet they're out on the weekend getting shit faced. And you're like, um, I'm having one <laughs> bottle of Coke. Like right. that's such a good point. That is such a good point. You know, you'd get, you'd go to a barbecue and you'd drink a Coke and everyone would be like, whoa, what are they doing? <laughs> everyone else is getting shit faced. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, it's insane. So true. Everyone just, wants to point a finger. It, yeah. They just want something to call out. Yeah, but it's all right. Like we be real and post about it. Yet the fitness models are posting all their green smoothie, but they're secretly binge eating on the weekend and like exactly, exactly. I'm I'm open about my Mexican Coke love. It's out there. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like we we like talking about not being perfect. Like we have sushi. I love sushi. Like we'll yeah. eat, we'll, we'll feel like sushi, and I just get what I like because I think well, I don't get usually any deep fry, but I just love ch- the tuna and avocado. So I just mm. get oh, the fucking yeah. tuna and avocado with the white rice. When mm-hmm. I have it, because I'm like, yeah, okay, tuna's not great, you know, like, but it's not like I'm eating 10 tons of it. No, exactly. you know, yeah, that's been a, a huge pregnancy craving of mine, actually. So I was eating sushi like probably twice a week for the first, for my first whole trimester. Honestly, it's funny about going back to the Coke thing. It's honestly just what society has said is healthy and acceptable. Like, and mm-hmm. Coke is definitely not. But, you know, during this whole lockdown, like, you know, all the liquor stores stayed open. It, it, like, I don't know if it, how it was over there, but yeah. on the mainland, yeah. so many liquor stores stayed open and that was so normalized for people. Mm. They were like, oh, thank goodness. And I'm like, this is, this is not right. <laughs> it's just not right at all. Got to give people their liquor, you know, and their alcohol. Oh, um, it's totally, Australia is a big drinking culture, mm. it's a big drinking culture. You know, and that's a whole nother topic we can talk about now, Cole. But better wrap this up actually, because I've got another um call I've got to get onto at three. But that was so great, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. And um, I'll drop, I'll put everyone who's listening to this, I'll put their um Instagram. You probably people who follow me would follow you guys already, but if you don't, go give them a follow, go check t- check out what they do. They're awesome. Follow them, unfollow these other fitness models. <laughs> these guys will be good. <laughs> They'll reinforce, you know, what we're saying. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was – I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank of course. You. Thanks, Kitty. And I'll speak Such to you soon. Honor.